Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello friends, and welcome to Measuring Flicks My name is Carl Hartley I'm Max Peterson And this week we are watching Eraserhead Look at my knees Look at my knees (laughs) Thanks Bill God Carl Max if that is your real name You have been at my house for two hours now And we have been literally almost exploding Not talking about this movie Because we had to record the shootout first Yeah Fuck me. Holy fucking Fuck shit. me, baby Jesus. Car- okay, we wa- are watching. We're talking today about 1977's Eraserhead, directed by David Lynch. What do you got for me? Okay, this is the only feature-length David Lynch movie that I hadn't seen until to, to yesterday or so you, two days ago. You're talking about like I've, Dune, Yeah, it's Blue like I've watched like Lost Highway, Blue Velvet, Mulholland Drive, uh, like oh, Twin Peaks, Mulholland Elephant Drive. Man, Dune. Inland Empire. I even watched Inland Empire, that five and a half hour experiment that he did with <laughs> with uh, with Laura Dern uh, and Wild at Heart. Like I've seen his all of his movies, and they always leave you feeling a little bit David Lynched, right? right. Like I've been David Lynch. Nothing like this. This fucking movie, dude. I'm st- like this is like forty eight hours, almost seventy two <laughs> hours since watching it. I'm still like. I do. I can't. I'm like the world is not real. Oh Nothing is true. I am fully convinced that David Lynch is not from this particular version of our Earth. He is <laughs> different reality. I think that he phased in through another parallel dimension somewhere, uh, unbeknownst to him or anyone else. But he is just a little bit off of. This shows in this movie, shows in all of his movies, yeah. but in this, this movie one in, particular, in particular, and and then, of course, you did the same watching as many documentaries and behind-the-scenes interviews with him. Yeah. The way he interviews is really strange. The The and documentary that I watched... Is Racerhead Stories, maybe? Was that the one that was on the... It's called about... I think, I think it's called I See Myself. Okay. And it's a, just a documentary about Eraserhead. It's essentially... Um, uh, David Lynch sitting in a room. It's shot in black and white, and he's talking to him. Um, there's a microphone in yep, the foreground. That's the one I saw. You watched that whole yep, thing as well. Sure did. And he talks to a girl on the speakerphone at yep, one point. Yep. It. I think it's interesting that there. There's no questions. It's just him talking, and you keep waiting for him to talk about Eraserhead, and he never does. He never really. does. But he is talking about Eraserhead, like like living well, in the. In oh, the ahead. studio and like going to the film school and shooting the he says eraser head a couple of times. He's a um, he the the movie he we can do you want to get into the backstory of how this movie came to be because it's so yeah, it's him like weird. going to film school. It was like a film as a fellow. Uh, he went to 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 it was like the inaugural or the second the, year it's of the advanced film studies program. It's not necessarily a school. It was right. like basically like really a really loosey goosey um like not class but like it was kind of like a class but right. basically they only accepted 11 fellows every year it was like if you were doing interesting things they that were, invite you to do this yes it's like basically what it was was like why don't you come here and it was this mansion in California where they would screen movies all day long if you wanted to go if you wanted to watch anything 
at, that had ever been filmed. You could you go could watch, watch it. There. And then you'd basically talk to the heads of this program and be like, here's my script. I want to shoot this movie. And they'd be like, okay, well, let's procure you some funds. And they had like sound state, mm-hmm. like not real sound stages, but like places you could use as sound stages. They had camera equipment, they had lighting, they had props, and they had deals was set up with all these major Hollywood studios so that they could like borrow shit from Warner Brothers, borrow shit yeah. from Paramount. So it's like this weird experimental, like perfect place for really out there filmmakers to go and make movies. And my favorite part of the story, the I'm sure, well, you know it too, because you watched the documentary, yeah. but he gets there based on this script that he'd written called Garden Back, 41, 41 page screenplay. So a major Hollywood producer get a, he starts working on it kind of at yeah. the school and that's his like school project. And then this Hollywood producer, like halfway through his first year goes, I really like this. I want to make this a movie we're doing low. It's this guy's doing a bunch of low budget horror films. And he's like, I want to give you $50,000 to make this movie. And David Lynch is like, okay, that sounds great. So then they, <laughs> Oh, that sounds great. It's not a terrible David Lynch, but he, um, the guy's like, there's only one catch. It, it's 41 pages. I need this to be like 115 pages. And David Lynch is basically like, what the fuck are you talking about? My script is 41. It's 41 pages. So he worked the rest of his time there for his first year, he works on expanding the script and he hated it. Mm-hmm. He said all the bits that I liked were still there, but now there was a bunch of like other crap and bullshit. Yeah. There was just garbage in between the good bits to fluff this pad the script out mm-hmm. and he's like fuck this so at the end of his first year the first day of his second semester there his second year there and it's only a two-year program he's like i'm out i quit fuck you guys and he, and he leaves left. went to a coffee shop got coffee Get, they went back home gets home there's been messages for you they're like they've been calling yeah what are you doing here and he's like i left i quit the fucking school and one of the guys who works with him eventually works with him on a racer head uh alan something i should shit i should have grabbed that dvd case um has the the book yeah. that I have has the whole casting crew oh, listed excellent. in the front page, but it's back there, so I got to go grab it. But uh, he basically this other guy leaves with him, and the school calls him back, and he goes in for a meeting, and they're like, "Look, why did you leave?" And he he's like, "I didn't. You guys fucking wrecked the thing I wanted to do. You're not giving me any creative freedom." And they're like, "Look, you're our favorite thing right now. You're our favorite person in this program. So if you're unhappy, we're we're doing something up. wrong. What do you want to do? He's like, well, I don't want to do garden back. You guys trashed it. It's garbage. And they're like, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want to do a racer head. And they're like, do it. Yep. Racer head is a 21 page script. Oh, and he said it'll be 21 minutes. He's like, I feel like it's going to be gonna a be, touch longer. He's like, it's going to be longer. And they're like, <laughs> fine, 42. It ends up being like being an like hour, hour and 35 minutes. Yeah, it's like an hour, 35 minutes long. And you can find not the whole I cannot find the script I looked for it forever because I wanted to see what it was but you can write this the script the the dialogue you can write down in a page and a half there's and also there's uh, pictures there's Mm -hmm. uh, in the documentaries there's pictures of the script and how it works and it's basically just like a it's like a bulleted list of like vignettes that are coming out of David Lynch's head. That's so crazy. It's like, and like, I'm, this is like, this watch is like a dream journal. It, oh yeah. His mother, when his mother first watched the movie, she famously said when the credits rolled, he turned to uh, one of the people, the assistants who'd worked on the mm-hmm. film and said, I wouldn't want to have a dream like that. <laughs> I would not want to have the, a dream like he that. He said it was his best review. But, um, it, for me, I I wrote down again and again while I was watching this that this is what this is like watching a nightmare. It is exactly like watching a nightmare. It's what we, we literally watched. This is why this is why I love film. This is why I wanted to do this podcast in particular. Are movies like this? 
This is quite literally watching David Lynch's nightmares. Yeah. And the way the way he's able to I, f- I feel like if you were to actually like hook up some sort of machine and record his actual nightmare, this is what you This see. is what you would see. He found a way from the sound to the to the feeling this movie gives you oh my God. to every small detail he has created his like his best of nightmare fodder in one movie and it is it's 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 in the horror genre. I wouldn't even call this a horror movie, though. I don't this know what is, to call this film. I don't know what to, it, it's it's Eraserhead. We should is do what this before we go any further, Carl. You like this movie? I fucking love this. Thank movie. you so much. Okay, what you Holy just shit. what you just said. I didn't want to because you were in a flow. I didn't want to no, no, interrupt no, you. Enough. You said this movie's the reason that you wanted to do like this type of film. This type of movie. is why you want to do this podcast. That is exact. This film and all basically all the movies I picked for my month. You right. can see it's two David Lynch's it's, and two Jim Jarmusch movies. Yeah. And I've been kicking for, like, we've been talking about season two, and I'm talking about, like, as much art house and experimental yeah. cinema as we can cram in there, and this is fucking why. This movie, when you watch it, it opens your head up, and yeah. you start, th- I'd never, have you, you'd never seen this before? I had, I had never, never seen I this before. I thought that I had, but it was The Elephant Man that I had seen before, this, not Eraser Which is an awesome David Lynch movie. Yeah. But this movie, like, rewired. I've been, I've, I've shot, I shot a feature, I've been writing scripts forever, mm-hmm. I really like film. This movie th- completely This out- makes me want to, like, okay, drop what you're doing, go make a fucking movie. Out the window, everything I, like, thought yeah. I'd known, every, all these preconceptions I'd had, like, this movie became like like I swear to God, this movie is now like religion to me. This movie is this I'm when I we've been talking forever about like redoing our top tens or whatever. Yeah. This movie's in my top five. Yeah, hundred thousand fucking percent. This movie is insane. It, it this movie gets in your soul. It it literally it once you watch it, once you sit down and watch it, you're it living sits in, in you. that room with. Henry, which is funny because as you know, David Lynch lived in that he room did. for three years. Yeah, and it was in like the stables of that place. That actually, pl- that they that they put the flats up to to make this. And, they and he let, lived there, and he they, let him live there. Okay, uh, for those he of you, he lived in Henry Spencer's room. For those of you who don't know, this for uh, four and a half years. This movie took five years five to years. make. This movie took five years to make, and he lived in the room for three of them. But uh, what blows my mind most <laughs> about it the the program Jesus. ended. Yeah, and. People were looking at his dailies and they're like, yeah, I guess you can just stay here and I keep, guess you can stay. Just keep doing like this. the head of security, whatever had to do like a yearly inspection to make like, all right, everything looks good, David. We'll see you next well, year. He'd give him a heads up so he could move his shit out of the room for the right, inspection. Yeah. Cause, like, Cause you're not allowed to live in a, in this room. They would bolt, they would bolt plywood to the doors and then padlock him in at night. So, so people were like, Oh, it's secure. Yeah. That room's yeah. secure. There's no one in there. But David Lynch was he living literally in that lived room. in that space for th- over three years. Just not just that space, but think about that. This headspace of this film, he lived there for five. That's w- probably why he is the way he is. Is this, this he lived this film for five years? The thing that fucked me years. up the most about his interviews during that time, especially the phone interview when he had the the woman on the on the phone, mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, remember you you worked at the restaurant for extra money. He's like, I did that. Oh, I don't remember. I don't that. remember, I don't that, remember that, at that at all. I don't. Like he has, and there's other interviews there's other with stuff him. Where he doesn't. Like, he doesn't recall shit. At like utterly like, oh, blank. I don't remember doing that. Well, what, what the, the part that I love about those interviews that they do, we are eventually going to talk about this film. We this will. is going to be a long yeah. jam and just be ready. And I'm fine with it because this movie, yep. oh my God. But he lived, that room that he was living in, Henry's room, no windows. 
because it made lighting easier to have mm-hmm. no windows in that room. It was essentially control the light. Yeah. So what he would do is he, they would lock him in there during the day and he would sleep all day and they'd start filming at night because that's when everyone got off their jobs. Yeah. They'd st- they'd like start like they do like building the sets and setting up the lighting. And he says it was like painfully slow to set everything up. But when well, and I want to talk about this more. But when mm. you see the lighting, what they managed to do with light in this movie, you understand why it takes so fucking long. Right. This is you don't you don't the like setups are. You're not like all right. Listen, we got to get this painting done. Rembrandt, go faster. This, oh, right. is, this is truly like this. I've never seen anything like this since. I've seen a lot of movies. I've never seen anything even. Close I have to go. To th- this. I saw this on a on a on a DVD yeah version, and it looked like a 1977 film transferred to DVD. It was hi-fi, but it was still grainy. You couldn't really see. It was like a crap version that was just put on a dvd right yeah and you have the criterion blu-ray and i watched just a little bit of that and i'm like holy shit i saw a different movie (laughs) like i got an i mean i watched Eraserhead and i got but like i need to watch that in in 4k yeah well like i as soon as i started i I think i fast forwarded to the bit where um we pan through that crevasse in the planet and you see the like the the texture of the rock Mm -hmm. and i think that was when you were like holy shit i saw a different film i saw a different film and the first thing out of my mouth was like well come over and we'll watch a movie yeah let's watch Eraserhead. watch my 4k Eraserhead. oh my god i'm dead serious man like this this movie God. What's so funny, like going to, because I'd watched David Lynch's complete body of work except for this. So when the first shot happens in the movie, the note that I wrote was, yep, this is this is David Lynch, all right. Like, oh, yep, here's David Lynch Here we doing go. his weird shit. And then, like, as soon as I wrote, like, that was it. That's the last. That, that's the last. And that's, it's. Yeah, oh, th- that first shot where it's the t- it's the it starts with like just boom the title Eraserhead right. and then it's Henry on his side and then it, he superimposes footage so it, the moon Henry's under the uh, the planet the black planet it's the black planet and then the black planet passes through Henry's head and he's above it and then it passes back through yeah and then we pan in on the black so like that first bit where you're, you're like. Because I've seen, I haven't seen all of his stuff, mm-hmm. but I've seen Twin Peaks, I've seen Dune, I've seen Elephant Man. You're like, oh yeah. Okay. He echoes a lot of his stuff in Racerhead and Inland Empire too, which I found to be very interesting. In what? Inland Empire. Oh, okay. Yeah. I Inland Empire. I hadn't sorry. seen that either. Yeah. But um, one thing that is fun to spot in this, especially for Twin Peaks fans, since there's that resurgence of Twin mm-hmm. Peaks happening now, um, the lobby in his hotel is the same f- exact floor, only he expands the scale for Twin Peaks. Um. He said, talks about it in a bunch of different interviews. There's like 50 interviews on the Criterion yeah, disc. Amazing. But he's basically like, oh, yeah, I revisited a lot of that for Twin Peaks. You know, <laughs> I fucking love how he talks. I'm going to smoke 18 cigarettes. He smokes a lot in that documentary. Yeah. He's just chiefing them down. Yep. And I think that just speaks to transcendental meditation and what it can do for your health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know a lot of vegans who just chain smoke cigarettes, exactly. too. Shout out to mine. Um, so the one thing about David Lynch, which is sort of his his hallmark almost, his, his way of making, we already know that this is a living nightmare that we're watching, or from his brain. It's But he has this way of making the innocuous seem um, as malevolent as fuck. Yes. Like, yes. like show me the, the pencil sharpener. Why am I looking at this pencil? Why? Why is this? What that is happening? Whole why are we sequence? Just holy fuck! Well, in my for in, at no point like 
in retrospect, like after your first night of just not being able to sleep because you've seen True Genius yeah. and you can never go back now, yeah. I was sitting on the couch and I'm like, it's Henry's brain being used to cap pencils with erasers. Mm-hmm. He literally has become an eraser head in this weird like nightmare that he has. But then it doesn't even matter that it's a dream because that's one of the big hallmarks of film of, of storytelling is right. like d- dreams usually don't work because your audience feels cheated because there's no weight to them. But because he's his whole life is some sort of strange nightmare. This nightmare is just as real as the nightmare he's living in. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, it's just a dream. And then he wakes no. up and there's a fucking alien baby screaming, screaming on, on his, his desk. desk. Or his uh, his dress, dresser dr- yeah. dressers. Yeah, so anybody yeah. who's going to sit there and be like, hey, that wasn't, that's that's just some sort of weird dream. I'm like, this guy's This hell. guy's living everything in his own personal little hell. Everything you see affects what you're, it affects everything. So I had it's a all, thought about mm-hmm. where they are if it isn't a dream, because there's a small touch. I don't know if you know. I don't I, think it is, but go ahead. Um... There is a a photo, a framed photo hanging next to his bed of a mushroom cloud. Oh, okay. Because I think that's what it was in my crappy DVD version of Watch, it. Watch, we're going to pop mine up. And I it's know. It's going to be just like, oh, a- it's a tulip. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a picture of a flower. But if it is a mushroom cloud, I thought that maybe this was some sort of post, way post-apocalyptic thing. Because there's a mutant baby in it. I- Everyone's acting all strange. Oh. It's a black planet. They don't even know if it's a baby. After yeah. you get married, you can pick it up from the hospital. What? Dude. And then mom is trying to make out with Henry real quick. Did you have sexual intercourse? Did you have... (laughs) Dude, this... Oh, my God. I'm Bill. I'm Bill. That smile. Oh, my God. What was the the line? Um, There's no point in trying to go through this in a linear way. Grandma ain't stirring shit for one thing. Holy shit. And she always gets a smoke after helping with dinner. Okay, this this podcast is just going to be a series of us saying a scene from the movie. Well, that would make sense because this is you and me and you and me just going, fuck. Holy shit! Holy fuck! That's well, all that's this podcast sort of how is this gonna be. Movie is though, because it's just these weird fucking vignettes. Here's in my a way. here's my approach to this because I think you were saying like it might be a nightmare, it might be like a post apocalyptic. Yeah, I have a different theory. Go for it. Um, based on the things that I read and saw, when you put this movie in, you die for a minute, and you're actually living in hell, and then you correct. Yeah. You don't actually watch a film. You just opens a portal to hell in your television screen and you watch what you're doing. You're destined to because of that thing that you did when you were 11. Yeah. But um, no, here's what I think, because David Lynch in an in interview in this, there's a book called, I think it's called Lynch on Lynch. Um, he talks about, da, 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 yeah, it's called Lynch on Lynch. It's written by Chris Rodley, 1997. Lynch talks about how this, he says this movie was born in Philadelphia he lived in a town kind of like this one, like very industrial, mm-hmm. like, like industrial part. Or something like yeah, that. yeah, like steel, steel mill, a lot of like working class people who are just getting home and getting their like, you know, meat and salad type folks. Um, and that's why like there's so much like, there, I think there's other reasons for it too, but that's why all the characters are like, oh, I work at the... I get the Billy Joel song Allentown in my head sometimes when I think of this, like ding dong, like that... that yeah. Sound of like hammers on metal and Well, you don't that. even need to get that song in your head cuz the soundtrack is literally like a banging like furnace. Like a banging furnace. Oh my god, the sound the sound. I don't even know if you could call you can buy the soundtrack on iTunes. It's there's not a single piece of actual there's, music in it. The first track one is 18 minutes, track 2 is 27, then there's the girl in the radiator song and the closing credits. Fuck me. Dude, I'm going to buy the fuck out of the soundtrack. It's all I wouldn't even call it white noise, it's like black noise. It's it, like That's a great word for it. But like 
so what here's what I think Lynch describes this film and the uh, he he calls it the world of Eraserhead it to him it almost feels more real than like oh it's a movie I made once he's like that place that I was mm-hmm. Eraserhead he describes it as a mood rather than a story he never refers to it as like the story of an and the plot is and right. Lynch's uh I read a bunch of different places um I think I heard on an old Kevin Smith podcast too it was Smoothie Makers or something like that Lynch is no he'll talk about all his movies except this one he doesn't let he doesn't give his interpretation of this film cuz he wants to hear to what leave people it open. think right yeah. so it's hard to get a distinct grasp he says at the end of the documentary um for years critics and fans have been coming up to me and telling me their interpretations of the movie and i will say this not one, one of, of them is, is my mind. interpretation which that blew my fucking mind when he you, said that yeah because you sit there watching the movie and you're like i think i, I, get, think it. I get it and then you hear david lynch say that no and you're one's like ever no it. one knows what the fuck this is about nobody but it doesn't matter nope does not matter this movie is it's a it's wait let me finish my theory because it's it's easy to get scatterbrained with a movie that's as scattered as this one he describes it as a mood so i think rather than thinking of it as like we are in a world of objective reality and these things are either objectively real or they are not objectively real or they're a metaphor for a thing or or they're a metaphor for a thing or not i think all things i think every everything we see however we take it is correct because i think this movie is akin to a rorschach painting jazz oh i think it's like watching jazz or like looking at abstract art because two people will stand side by side that's a duck that's a beaver and both both of you are right. right correct so i think what lynch managed to do with this film is project you're familiar with like uh like not just archetypes but like the jungian concept of archetypes moon when you hear moon or see moon everybody gets a visceral reaction yes. but they're all slightly different because blood of where, river mother it means the different thing to different person but it universally for one person mother up. might bring a sense of joy and 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 love for another person it might be despair and and it all has to do with your 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 vantage point or perspective along the human continuum so like but the thing about the Jungian archetype or archetypes in literary, especially in literary analysis, they're things that light up everybody's button. Me, when you boom, you show me blood, I have a visceral reaction right. to it. So do people in France. So do people in Africa. So do Inuit. Anyone who sees blood, boom, it's an archetype. It's a human visceral reaction. I think Lynch managed to compose a film of hybrid archetypes. So every fuck me. Every, go go just get it out of your head uh, so so that's why with the mutant baby mm-hmm. it's a baby you say baby certain people think but that's a that's a very primal thing with us and it's not it wasn't so much the way the baby mutant baby looked i was more like that is an amazing piece of 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 Some how of they the made the best it. effects i've ever seen amazing. what fucked with and me Lynch was the sound it. of it yeah, the sound of that baby sort of crying and cooing and like being upset, like that was you know, what? and fucked up to me. It the, was like not the way it looked, the way it sounded because it and sounded it wouldn't shut up. Normal, yes, just normal enough. Because the the mutant baby is so far from it's ups it's, it's upsetting. It, there's a lot in this movie when you see it, you you're like revolted but transfixed yeah you are like i, I but can't but it's the sound of that baby because it doesn't really it's, stop ever and it's so close to the yeah. way a normal baby sounds and then the way mother reacts oh my God. to it 
her just, she leaves she leaves the room she's and never like, comes and back never at one comes point. back but the when she's like when she get okay there's the scene where they're both laying in bed and the the she like kind of sits up a little and goes shut up and then it doesn't and she gets up out of bed and leans over it with her arms like cocked back at this strange mm-hmm. angle and it's like a bark or like a it's not a scream it's like no. a shout or a bark or a like a she screams shut up at it basically mm-hmm. but the way she says it is inhuman mm-hmm. it it's I can't describe it. This movie, a lot of this movie is going to be us trying to describe things and it's going to sound really banal, but when you fucking see it, right. you hear it, it's, it, this movie, oh god damn dude, it's like the whole experience of this film goes into your head and sits behind your chest and is there now forever. Mm-hmm. You cannot get this out of, no, out of you once you've watched it. it is stuck in me. But and- the way that, part of what upsets me about that scene is is that is that child's mother? It's its mother. So you're. And that's seeing- the thing that I like about Henry is when he comes in, when he comes home for the first time, and the first time you see Mutant Baby, he has a smile on his face. He's a proud papa, and even the way that he lays down on the bed, he kind of puts his hands under his chin, yes. and he's kind of like he's doing that thing with his feet, almost like he's like he's being he's very happy and he's happy to be home now. But the record player is kicking back and forth. It's been Does the he record. Move it? Is, no, it just sits there and skips, skips, skips. No one ever touches it. It still sits there and like the records. Oh, it's like on it's the like last. It's on the last thing. It's been, it's not, it's the end of the record. So it's tick, tick, tick. Yeah, yeah, tick, yeah, yeah. Tick. But nobody touches it. So you know that the mom has been in the room. That record's been over and she's just like, fuck this baby. Well, yeah, that's why she ultimately leaves. She's like, you take care but of But the fact that Henry is so. He, do you, I don't know if this like is. Like happy. F- he looks at the baby and has that smile like, hmm, that's my thing. I, I don't know if this is a. DVD versus like hoity toity 4K restoration. God, I missed so much. I His bet. His facial features change, and I have a note about it. He walks in the room, he opens the door, and he tries on a smile, and then it goes away. Oh shit. His face blanks completely the fuck out. He like goes like he comes in and like And then he goes and stares at the radiator. It's like a little grin and then it's a gone. And then he walks over and lays because on the Because I couldn't um because I couldn't tell what it was because of my uh the transfer on my dvd yeah what is the what is the stuff around the radiator on the floor Uh, it looked like hair or something to me i don't know what that was so much of what my notes are now i mean i'm glad that we saw it differently and still had the same visceral reaction it shows how powerful it is yeah um, it, it, it is like, it's like a tangled, I don't know what like exactly it is. Like a tangled weave of like hair or it's, some sort it's of like matty. Hair. Yes. Yeah. He has a big, it's like. A, it's, and it's, it's not like, always there. No, but it moves at one point. It's over on his dresser. And then it's on his dresser, right? It's like, it's like a, some hybrid of like hair. Like pubic hair almost in a way. It's, or like the it's hair wiry. from the top of his head. It's wiry. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's sometimes it looks like straw sometimes it looks like someone you know those really like those old plastic carpets when they would get a snag in them and it would yes. pull the like that big fluff that out both, yeah it looks sometimes to me like a combination of hair and that but a lot of my notes are because there's very little dialogue in this movie but like i said so we have a page and a half probably of, of actual spoken word yeah bill has like the longest speech in the whole and film it's, <laughs> it's about yeah. the chickens oh and man the made best. smaller than my fist <laughs> man made so the the best uh i feel like we're going out of i well, interrupted you no that's okay but wanna... one of the best things of bill one of the only words uh, interchanges between henry and anybody 
so when when the the ladies go into the kitchen because i think somebody was having a seizure again or something because oh, of the chickens were spitting out god dark we, we gotta shit. take it one thing at a time because i, I want to talk about this too i want to talk about this their their like fits that they have yeah so that's the hair around the radiator yeah okay sorry let's, let's, no. let's, let's finish that we'll finish that this, and then let's so, like, let's go from there it's fucking movie the the problem with the movie is in most even great films there's a great moment and then there's like stuff that gets you between mm-hmm. i think it speaks to the way that he wrote the script where he complains it's one thing well he complains it's in like, garden back he's like i've got my good bits and they wanted to fill the middle stuff they wanted to separate them with crap this movie, they let him do what he wanted, and all he had was good bits. So every single fucking thing you see in this movie, you could unpack for an hour. Yeah. Every I'm not I'm talking like every one minute section of film you could analyze for for an hour. This movie is impossible. We cannot do justice even remotely. No. But I would like to try. Um. <laughs> so the the furnace. Uh. The, the hair around the furnace. Oh, the radiator. The radiator, not yeah, the furnace. very important. Yes, it is a radiator. radiator. Lady in the radiator. Chipmunk girl? There's a reason. God. Okay, I have a thought Go. on that. Because in the very beginning of the movie, like a big sperm comes out of his mouth. Yes. And then there's a baby. So one of the notes I had is uh, like mouth sex with sper- sperm that comes out of your mouth during non-vaginal sex equals mutant baby. Interesting. Strange, right? But then the girl in the radiator, I call her chipmunk girl because she's got those big puffy cheeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's because she's got his nuts in her mouth. Well, that's a interesting And she's thought. got all those little sperms that are on the ground she that she's crushing. Them. Yeah. And also Henry, at one point when his wife is sleeping in the bed with him, he's pulling the large sperm away from her and throwing them against the wall right. to stop her from getting pregnant again. Interesting. That's what my thought was. That was my read on that. I like that but read. Then, I, I have another, I have a different thought about the lady in the radiator. Keep yeah. going, keep going. Also, she's a horrible tap dancer, but... That's well, <laughs> but I mean, the way he walks is strange it's too. Strange as shit. It's, He's very not Charlie Chaplin esque, but um, um, uh, Buster Keaton in the, the way that he maneuvers and shuffles yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the radiator chick. I mean, she's there's so much weird going on with that. Actually, that was the point when Danielle uh, walked I have, in because I, I have it's. I feel it bears because I wrote it down because of her reaction. The only thing that she saw uh-huh. was she came in just at the right time to see Radiator Girl for the very first time. Not when that she weird sings dance. the in heaven everything is fine. No, it was in that point. Heaven. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was That's when the she was singing. Time we yeah. See her. Uh, so Dee Dee came in during the Chipmunk Girl singing. While, yeah, during singing while I was explaining. Lynch's filmmaking so she's like what are you watching I was trying to explain David Lynch and then that scene started happening and she says nope just nope and walks and, so she's, and then as she's walking away she's like this is some nightmare inducing shit I'm going to be seeing her face in my dreams I said well don't look and because she's she actually stood there and actually she didn't walk away she kept standing there she said I can't stop it's like a train wreck and I said, she performs on a stage in his radiator. It was like, I was like, oh, that's okay. She's performing on a stage in his radiator. Wow. And she just walked away silently. You and I had really similar experiences. Bird came home or either came home or came downstairs. I lost all track of like yep. what was going on outside this movie when I started watching. I know right behind that actually yeah. is I want to design an eraser head pinball machine. I love it. <laughs> um, I just recently hooked my television up to a fairly mm. boss like sound system, which in this movie 
pays off because you know like in your normal tv speakers if you give them the that too low of a frequency low, you get yeah. a tinny like sound yep. these speakers are built to handle super low frequencies so i was getting like all that deep bass super oh, rumble oh my god it's killer so bird comes down and here's where bird came down bird came down as he was cutting the baby out of its that was the first i think the first scene that she actually sat down and started watching <laughs> and she's like Oh my God! What in the what is this? And I was like, I was like, Oh, that's kid, that's the baby. I was like, That's that's his baby. He had that baby with her, and and uh, like very shortly thereafter, she he has a bit. Where, oh no, she she came in before that because she saw the woman across the hall, and when they're having sex in the bed in of the bed milk, that became a hot tub of milk. Yeah, yeah, the bed that became a hot tub of milk, and she's like, like, like what? Oh my god! And then she was just hanging out on the couch. She saw that. Then she saw the in heaven scene where the lady in the radiator sings her song, and she's yep. like, "Who's this?" I'm like, "It's the lady in the radiator." And huh? it's so weird because you did the same thing. Yeah, but it's like when well, you're, it's, the, it's the lady in the radiator. She has a theater there, and she's singing to him. Exactly. It all when you're watching the movie, it all makes sense to yeah. you. Nothing. You, it becomes so bizarre that you're just everything. You're just like, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Okay, no, so that's she, the lady. That's the lady from across the hall, and they're yeah, they're, they're having sex in the bed, and she's like, why is the milk? I'm like, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Later. Um, and then she's like, what's this? I'm like, oh, it's the lady in the radiator. She's singing him his song. And bird, I explained what I thought that metaphor was, which I'll get to in a second, because it's different than yours. But I yeah. think we might both have something there. And then after the "In Heaven, Everything Is Fine" song, he cuts the in some of the most horrific movie makeup I've ever seen. But none of it, again, like it's yeah. like a weird fake baby that you've never seen, not real. But it, everything looks so convincing, right? And I think they use like real animal parts, like parts of chickens and well, parts he, of like. Yeah. He talks about in the documentary that he got a cat from a vet to see what the insides would yeah. look like, and I think he used that in his makeup. David Lynch is a very, very gifted special effects guy. He does a lot of the makeup for his movie. He does he all does of the like special sets and he's the one who articulated the baby. That fake baby, he articulated it. And I think it's interesting when they did screenings, like the the uncut screenings mm-hmm. where you could see beyond the edges of what we act before they oh, put before the they aspect ratio on it. He made the project he made the projectionist turn his back every time the baby came on because he didn't want anyone to know how he had articulated it and you could see it on the bottom of the screen. That's him articulating that baby. That is amazing. Right? So, yeah, but uh, Bird, both Bird and I, like, after this movie's done, if you watch this with somebody, like, you're either going to sit and have a really long conversation, or like me, you're going to finish it at 11 o'clock and go up to bed, and then you just lay in bed, and Bird's like, I keep seeing that baby's eye. Or oh, like, that weird gl- the 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 foggy cataract yeah. sort of eye that it's the scene. oh you are sick and then oh my god that was the best jump scare I've seen in a movie in like five fucking years when the baby he takes the baby's temperature and the baby seems fine and he looks at it and then he walks two steps turns back and it's suddenly like it's got devastatingly these, yeah. sick like it's gonna fucking die any second now and it's got lesions on his face it's got and there's okay like I just looked over and that can looked like like a head and i got spooked just <laughs> I, know. Now. I, I like, keep looking over at the dude it creates a weird like on like those a sense that the world's not real yeah but anyway there's a it's not even like a you know normally in a horror movie there's like a musical sting where it's like violins there is a sound but it's like a banging radiator mm-hmm. sound where it's, it's like, like a ting ting and then yep. they turn around and that like 
like that's the fucking soundtrack to this movie is like pipes banging yeah. and steam and like weird like pseudo theremin stuff that's I think is probably just like violin with effects on it yeah. but yeah he turns around and the baby's like gonna die and he's his reaction is oh you really are sick it's <laughs> Jack Nance is the actor who plays Henry Spencer yeah he's everyone in this movie is so good not in that Daniel Day Lewis kind right. of way where it's like I'm portraying a real person and you can see micro acting in my face right they're great in the way that everything they're doing is absurd and nothing makes sense and all their dialogue is fucking like da da and everyone's doing a convincing job of making it seem like this is how things are they sell it they yeah. sell you this world and if they were not all 100% on point you wouldn't believe it a wouldn't single believe a second, second of this movie Came out in 70 fucking seven. 70, 1977. Lynch's this first feature. 40 years old. I, I mean, this this movie is as old as I am. And it's like, this Doesn't came age out a the day. same. Yeah. Came out the same year as Star Wars, right? And it's like, how fucking, like, it's, this is, this could have come out today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when you watch, I'm now I'm being 4K, snooty about it, yeah. but when you watch that 4K. Cause that transfer see, is beautiful. When you see grainy, you're like, you can kind of spot sometimes. You're like, oh, this was shot on film. This is older. Right. The job that they did upgrading that to a 4K restoration, it looks, this looks like it was, yeah, literally like it was shot yesterday. Yeah. Like auteur director 2018 was like, I'm going to right. do an homage. You know I'm going to do an homage to, to whatever. To what? To your fucking nightmares. There's... We've said before, like a million times talking about movies, we're like, oh, you can really tell like he was inspired by this or like, oh, Tarantino, he he mixes all these influences together. Name anything else that's even vaguely remotely that predates this, because after this, holy shit, you see people inspired by this all the, all fucking, the time, yeah. all over the place. There's I can't remember who it was, but there's a, they used to this movie screened continuously for three years. When it first oh, the came midnight out. circuit. Yeah, yeah, they did the midnight circuit, and this movie played every weekend for three years, and rightly so. I can. This is like one of those cult, the definition of cult classic, cult flick, right? Well, like the, Jesus, it's it's so far outside the experience, the normal cinema experience mm-hmm. that it's like you said you said uh it's 77 it came out the same year as star wars and i'm like i watched star wars i got this nostalgia like i hear that like john williams score you you get that yeah yeah. and then you look at eraser head and you're like why the why are you even trying why are you trying yeah yeah get your fucking movie out good job with your with your sci-fi bullshit this is a we've uh we did our remake of hidden fortress we did We did our shootout last week, right? And we yeah. talked about Raising Arizona as um, like it, that that flexible movie where it's great if you watch it nitpicky. It's great if you just have it playing. But it's no matter what, it's great and it's always fun, mm-hmm. right? This movie, I feel like you can you can sit and stare at it, and this movie will demand that you stare at it. But you could also just get ten people together and be like, "Have you guys ever seen fucking Eraserhead?" And you're like, "No, I never have." Put this movie on. The only some people when the baby like shows up and like starts getting like, cut all up, right, I'm out. Yeah, I gotta leave. I'm out. Some people, yeah. There's people. There's this movie is like it messes with you, but I think this is another one of those movies where you show this to anyone and at the end of it they're like, I don't, I'm not sure if I. You know what's it, really kind of fucked up is you're not really seeing anything disturbing. Really that disturbing. There's one disturbing shot. 
There's one shot that I think is universally disturbing when they cut when he cuts he the cuts wrappings the off and you realize the... that he's gutted the baby while yeah. he's cutting the wrapping off yeah, and then you see the intestines up. and all yeah. the But what's what's weird about that scene is you get like all the organs and you're like oh my god and the baby's like screaming and it's really like traumatizing you're mm-hmm. like oh Jesus his baby's he just gutted his baby his baby's fucking dying and it's like white like clear liquids coming out of one of and its organs dark, and then and then dark and then this mountain of like foam, foam sand shit? yeah i don't know what the fuck that is but a ton of it and then it gets huge and then yeah giant baby head and then oh my god it's just, it's so so that's disturbing but it's like chipmunk girl is is upsetting to but it's not anything like hor- like horrific it's it's it, it, uh, it is but it isn't you know what i mean it's like yeah it's it, it's it's surrealist. It's surreal. Okay, here's what I, I I just thought of this. I do think there's one influence on display here, one that the, that I can spot. I'm you know I'm not super insanely versed in the entire history of film, sure. but I just happen to really really enjoy the a series of surrealist films. There he's they're by this director named Man Ray. He's part of the Dada movement. Well, um, their whole thing was like. Um, basically anything, anything can be art. They're famous for like collage work and like crazy surrealist films. Man Ray came up with these things. I think they're called rayographs. Um, it's a shooting technique where basically you expose film to basically just shoot light. You like expose film to light and then throw shit on it like grains of salt or he famously did, um, needles he like dropped pins and needles past it and what happens is everything exposes black as you're shooting because the whole film is exposed but whatever you're dropping in front of it shows up as white so if you like if you drop shit right in front of the lens i can show you what it looks like afterwards and you'll be like oh this is some of the stuff we saw on eraser head but when you do sand or grains of rice it just looks like um that you remember the scene I don't know if you were able to see it, but do you remember the scene when they blow the eraser eraser, dust and it's blowing behind his head? That looks like many of the shots from a Man Ray film. So I'm wondering, and by the way, Man Ray, if you watch, all of his films are on YouTube um, because he was making movies back in like the 40s. M-A-N-R-A-Y. Two words. Um, Interestingly, given the movies we're watching this month, I discovered him through Jim Jarmusch. Jim oh, Jar- interesting. Yeah, Jim Jarmish as a side project toured the East Coast and did live scores to Man Ray films with his band Squirrel. Very so, cool. Yeah, it's super sweet. And uh, but yeah, you can find all his movies on YouTube. They're fun if you're like into. It's more art than movie. No, I can dig that. Though. There's no plot. You're like you're kind of watching like paintings, basically, like visual moving paintings, like sand art. They're fun. Yeah, yeah. We I'll, I'll show you what I'm talking about when we're done. But um. God, I don't know what I was. I don't <laughs> Mouth know. Mouth sperm plus non vaginal intercourse makes mutant babies. That was my All right. Favorite. I wanted to get. Yeah, I'm glad you brought me back to that. The woman in the radiator. Yes. Chipmunk girl. I have a different theory. All right. Not that she has his nuts in her mouth. No. My theory is not nuts in mouth. Here's my theory She's in. Okay, we've got radiator, warm place. She's in the center of it. She's moving around and dancing. That's the only warm place, I would think. That's like the comfortable so now stage in center of warm radiator life-giving warm radiator womb she is egg 
because when she's moving from side to side, those weird like alien sperms, sperms are, are dropping, dropping and missing it. her yeah. and hitting the ground. Boom, hitting the ground. Boom, hitting the ground. And oh, after, I, didn't, I didn't see that they were falling because my... You didn't see that they were nope. falling? Really? Nope. They fall from the ceiling and miss oh her my God. and plat on nope, the... No, I thought they were just on the... No. they f- And they were hard to see then, too. It took me a minute to d- determine what they were. I got to see your copy. Like, it's what the fuck garbage. were you watching? <laughs> so the the sperms drop from the... The weird, like, alien sperms drop from the ceiling and miss her and bloop, land. And she steps around them and moves around. And then... She's after they've been on the ground for a time, like, you know, if sperm mm-hmm. only lives so she, long, she squishes, she squishes them. them. So what I was thinking was the whole lady in the radiator thing is a metaphor for the sexual act because, you know, like radiator warmth. Right. And the uh, part of this is lifted from Lynch's interview in the documentary where he says he came up with the lady he in the radiator up, idea out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Right. Yes. And then he's like, oh, this is going in my movie. We just got to figure hope that it radiator out. radiator is, is right for it. And, and it he, was. Yeah. There was it was like this bizarre anomalous radiator that had exactly what he needed, which part of me wonders if he had seen that and, and it, it, clicked, it was, in his, it was in his brain yeah. and it. I'm sure that there was some of that going on. But uh so he talks about, well, of course the, there would be a, la- a lady in his radiator because, you know, she'd be living there because that's where it's warm. And I was like, oh, life, warm, warm. womb, egg, because there's, she's moving around and she's got that weird white, like all white face, white, like she, the way she, I don't know. That's, that's where my head goes is that it's like. And then his head pops off when he's in the radiator. Uh, kicked off by like a weird alien penis looking thing. Yeah. Oh my God. The length of time that that scene continues is so incredible. The, uh, I wrote down again when he's and again. Like, um, twisting his twisting rod. Twisting his rod. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, his head, his head pops off <laughs> while he's in the, <laughs> there's no way Normally we could give people an overview, but what's the fucking plot of this I movie? Mean, There's there isn't one. It's a series. It's like watching a nightmare. It's it the is. American nightmare. It's a oh, god damn it! I didn't think that this would be as difficult to talk about as it is. It's rough though because there isn't any through line. There's no structure. There's no there isn't there isn't a narrative to 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 have as your touchstone. Yeah, to come back to to keep you on point. It's all just really weird shit. And then he ends up, I mean, the last what frames of the movie are him hugging the chipmunk girl, right? In the bright light. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He goes into the bright light and there's like those flashes of white where, oh God. Okay. Other thing that I have to point out, I'm not even sure it's intentional on Lynch's part, but I can't imagine that it's not because this movie took five years and everything Everything was so important like so intentional okay it's it's right after the everything in heaven yeah 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 okay here it is uh singer i wrote down all i wrote down and most of my notes are really sporadic but i wrote down singer dark room after image in heaven during the in heaven song in heaven everything is fine in heaven everything is fine it's so fucking captivating and so simple that's a man singing that by the way that she's lip syncing to a man actually singing that song. But they have her in close up and you if you're watching in a dark room like I was or if you were watching in a movie theater as I imagine this was intended to mm-hmm. be watched, she's in close up, she's in close up and she has a really distinct she cuts a, a really distinct silhouette cuz she's all in white and the 
background is black. Watching in a dark room for a long time as she sings this song. Oh shit! Does and that, then does that imprint onto your fucking? Yeah, oh, it imprints on your retinas. God damn it! And then they cut to a medium wide shot, and she's centered in. In my experience of it was she's centered in her own silhouette that's burned into your eyes. The the image the, the after image that you have like stuck in your retinas for a little while forms a perfect halo of her silhouette around her dead center in it. Stop it. Dude, it blew my mind when I saw it. I'm like this cuz you have to you I feel so cheated. You can't watching this on DVD. I'm like I'm almost fucking pissed. Remember like We're gonna in, watch our, this in our the searchers conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. where it made me long for the days of that true cinemascope because yeah. you can't get that that transfer is not a true transfer because it isn't in cinemascope it was only in because whatever. the film was degraded right. yeah yeah like fuck dude i want to see that I, f- I really do feel like i watched a completely different movie like i watched the cliff's notes version of oh dude of well, Eraserhead just because it was that grainy. It was a bad trend. It was like that when you make a copy of a copy of a copy yes, of something. Yes, you start to get the. It felt like I was watching a bootleg, mm. which I actually think about it because I bought it on eBay. I you think may it may have actually been watching a, have bootleg. a bootleg copy of it. So I'm which thinking. Is shit. I'm thinking like honestly, dude. Any shoot me a text. Perfect. Come on over. We'll turn. I'll blast those speakers. Oh fuck oh, yeah! Oh by the way, on this Criterion DVD, which I'm, I feel like I'm an advertisement for it now, but there's a. In the setup, it's called, there's the selection's called setup, and you'd think it'd be like sound and stuff. Right. It's to calibrate your TV properly so that the blacks show up right. Now, because I used my television as a monitor to edit a film, I actually did a professional grade calibration of my television, and it, my, so my TV is calibrated absolutely perfectly for true reproduction of anything that you watch on it all oh, the time. So God. everything you see is exactly how it was originally uh, mixed. Intended. So I, did, I checked it against David, it's, uh, the, the setup on the David Lynch DVD, which is designed to make to optimize the watching of Eraserhead on a standard HDTV, and it was fucking spot on. So, dude, I'll blast that. I'll, my 48-inch television, I'll turn my big-ass yeah. speakers on, we'll turn the lights off, yes. and then we won't talk to each other for a week because yep. it'll fuck but us up so bad. Like, but, like, there's so many tiny little things in this movie that I... What I, I think the best way to do this is to just start going through notes in okay. order. Because I, you take notes chronologically, I'm just gonna, correct? I'm just going to rapid-fire a bunch because my notes came from a very strange place. Okay. Um, Because I didn't know how else to... Normally when I watch a movie, I I will make notes of certain things or ideas or thoughts that come into my head. For this one, I was almost being overly satirical about my note-taking, and I think it's because it was grounding me. Your notes. My notes were... It was giving you something something to hold on to. to Because all of my notes are coming from a place of satire. Like bird recognizing the plants and I spit on your Right. Well, it's like, so... Like, oh, that's a vagina is one of my notes when you're going through the whole of the of the building of the oh shit you your copy probably fucked you up did you see the the vagina on his little cabinet no that he opened no okay really quick here's some stuff that you may have missed carl <laughs> oh fuck so when he walks out of the th- uh, when he goes downstairs the second time he checks his mailbox, his mailbox. it's a little flower that he finds like a black flower that he unfurls. I think it's made of metal. It's like a, but it's a little black flower and there's a worm in it. A little, yeah, white, I saw the worm. little white worm. Yeah. Okay. So he carries that around with him. Worm inside a flower. I mean, yeah, come, come on, come on. We've got worm and flower. Everyone yeah. knows what we're doing here. 
there's that bit where his wife at this point is sleeping next to him and he gets up real quiet and he opens up that little opens up that little cupboard yeah and he takes the worm out of the flower that he's been carrying around in carrying around with him and he puts it in the cupboard box thing and closes it again and i want to point out before i talk about the art that's on that cupboard the way that Jack Nance, the actor who plays Henry yeah. Spencer, the way that Jack Nance opens that cupboard is so deliberate and measured and practiced. It's it's like watching like presentational art. It's there's no naturalism, but in the utter lack of naturalism, everything seems natural. The way that he opens it is like like finger up on the bottom, open the left one touch the handle of the other one oh it's it's watching it it just like it you're every single thing you see you're like it's you're it's it's the whole movie's uncanny valley you're like that's not right why is that not not right right? or like him opening up his dresser drawer that's filled with some like weird shit and then he throws a coin into like a bowl of water or something yeah it's so strange and fun dude like in an original cut which doesn't end up in the movie they filled a drawer with pudding and then covered the pudding with peas because shooting in black and white in such high contrast, it's not immediately apparent yeah, what apparent you're seeing. You look, well, yeah. But uh, anyway, on the cupboard door are two flowers facing each other, and their stems curl up to literally form labia. Oh, my God. So he's putting... He's putting a worm inside the vagina, vagina. essentially. No, I, yeah, I couldn't tell. And that's anything. right before uh, he gets back he like sits back, back down in bed, bed and realizes that there's this giant mutant sperm essentially this movie sounds so weird when you I know about really <laughs> but that's when he finds that the that like the giant they're literally like snake size like yeah, they're, snake they're like long. 4 or 5 feet long and he's pulling them out of the bed and what does he do he hurls them towards the vagina cabinet this movie's so awesome, Carl. Like the sentence that I just said <laughs> yeah, is I know. so incredible. He takes the giant sperm out of the bed and throws them at the vagina cabinet. At the cabinet. vagina cabinet. But that's where he's throwing them at. Yeah. He's throwing them at, and I think that it's important that his wife is laying next to him and there are all of these externalized. Not only is she a bed hog, but she also grinds her teeth. Oh, the clicking teeth, yeah. Was, dude. Yeah, like it's like, just like oh, her. It's God. just like her mom. And Damn hearing it. that, like, yeah, yeah, that, it's she hits her teeth so hard. She's like clacking them, and you can hear them clacking. And the best part is when you've got big ass speakers. Those clacks are like, oh, oh, oh my God, it's amazing. But anyway, wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. Um. Oh uh, God, it's it's so easy. It's impossible not to jump around because everything's tied to everything. I know, but nothing's tied to anything. Okay, her weird like clacking teeth, like <laughs> when she's sleeping and clacking. Her, do you remember her first fit? Yeah, on the couch. Yeah, yeah. When okay, so she and invites, then mom starts brushing her hair, and the 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 fit stops. Well, it's not actually the hair that stops her. It's when Henry tells the truth. Henry walks up to she invites Henry over for dinner yep and, and he shows up. You're late, Henry sound Spencer. Like birds and the weird bookshelf that has like I forgot about the dogs until yeah. you said it, and then it's so fucking insane, dude. She he comes inside to like meet her parents meet, and meet have her girlfriend's parents. Steps yeah. in and you just hear like, <laughs> and we turn over at, like we the camera cuts 
And we see a mother dog laying there and a, a litter of puppies just frantically feeding. And they're so noisy. And they're sitting and trying to have a normal conversation. At all, you hear it the whole time. Yeah. So, in the background, it's just like... <laughs> it's it's ups, it's fucking disturbing. Yeah. This whole movie and is not disturbing. And it is a mother dog that is feeding her puppies, It should, which would normally why? be a very like... Oh, so why is it with fuck with you so much? Because of the sound of it and how ferociously the dogs are eating and that they're in the, the weird like like I think part of it is the absurdity too because they it's Mary they're, it's, they're, it's the X family mm-hmm, so it's the X, daughter right. X basically and then there's Mr. X and Mrs. X and it's uh, they're credited what? as Mr. X, X Mrs. X and Ms. X is who he marries but we know that Mr. X's name is Bill yeah but anyway um I think it's Mary, but I'm, I'm just going to call her Ms. X. Ms. X and Henry are sitting super far apart on the couch. The mother's sitting there being like, like weirdly detached from everything. And there's, they sit in silence for like 30 seconds. There's, I want to talk about the long, the length of certain shots in this movie in a second, but like they're sitting there, nothing happening, nothing happening. And you seem like a nice boy, Henry, or like, so Henry, what do you do? This is this is what she says when the fit starts. She goes, "So Henry, what do you do?" And he goes, oh, "I'm on uh, I'm on vacation." And she says, well, "What did you do?" And he goes, oh, I, don't, "I don't know." And doesn't answer and kind of evades the question. And Mary starts, and Mary having, starts a having a fit, a seizure, yeah. where she's like, "But it's a weird, it's a weird seizure." Like, <laughs> yeah, she yeah. like leans forward and her mouth opens and her eyes open real wide and she's like, oh, <laughs> and she's breathing and her mom like grabs her face and is brushing, brushing her, her hair. hair. And just like looking at Henry and the daughter just keeps having a fucking like you guys can't see it, but I'm doing the, yeah, motion. Doing the brush. Yeah. And Henry just like looks and he's like, what? Uh, it's not even like he's confused. He's just like, like blankly like it's like consternation where he's like, oh, she's having, she's a, having some sort of, of event. And the mom's just like keeps talking to him. And then Henry goes, uh, what, where does he work? He works at a printer or something. Yeah, something. So he's like. I, I work over at uh, Don LaForge. I used to work at Don LaForge's print shop. And Mary immediately, immediately. stops having a, a seizure and has a line the second she stops. Like, that's like over now and just continues on. Yeah, like, her, the yeah. moment she stops her weird, like, seizure breathing, she's like, ha, 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 ha. yes, he was very good over it. And she normalizes immediately and is like, yeah, he was very good over at Don's print shop and has a line, and no one acknowledges that she just had a weird fucking yeah seizure stroke it puts you so on your heels constantly because then like what else are we going to be subjected to well immediately after (laughs) we're introduced to the best character in the movie bill Bill. oh my god i love bill thought i heard a stranger thought i heard a stranger we got chicken tonight (laughs) there's little what does he say he goes uh he goes he says something like we got chicken tonight strange little things they're man-made damn tiny small tiny little things littler than my hand and then he's like, that's, <laughs> like, he talks about being in plumbing. Right. It's like for like 35 years, look at my knees. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, he's like, people don't think plumbing is important, but it is because it keeps your house warm and it moves your train. And then, and then like he pauses for a second and then he starts like screaming and moving around the table to like get at Henry. And he goes like, look at my knees, look, <laughs> look at, at my knees. knees. And then the wife gets up and she's like, oh, come, uh, on, come Bill. on, Bill. And she leads him away. But yep. he's like, oh my God, like every interaction that you see you're just you're constantly you're like a boxer who's getting my punched favorite in the interaction face. between any two characters ever in the mother any, and the, and the no, no no is between bill and henry once the parents leave and bill looks over at henry after a long long pause and says so 
what do you know, Henry? And Henry says, I don't know. Not much of anything. <laughs> that's like it. That's that's, that's their whole all dialogue. They, and then they just sit there and, and Bill just stares at him. It's not, God damn, your fucking bad version of this movie. Did you see the smile? Did you see Bill's Richter Richter Oh, yeah, screen? yeah, yeah, yeah. Just okay. Like, and it doesn't, his doesn't eyes change. squint down and he holds perfect that, that exact Joker grin, yeah. not a twitch for like four minutes just staring mom and daughter come back in and he doesn't even fucking move he's nope. still just like and his eyes are kind of closed and they even cut to a reverse and it they match cut his smile it's amazing it the filmmaking the 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 filmmaking without a doubt is among the best I've ever seen in a movie. I think that's if you could have students make this movie and it wouldn't work. No. But when you have an you have a genius making this movie and everything is say what you want, dude. David Lynch, man, his movies are weird as shit. Every single one of them yeah. weird as shit. Twin Peaks, weird as shit. Oh, but we're gonna is, hit Blue Velvet this month. There's and that's a strange some ass movie. just genius fucking filmmaking happening all the time. Inland Empire, we should probably. Well, it's like a four and a half hour fucking should, movie we should just do movies that are over three hours long I think that'd be and fine. that'll be a theme yeah. for next year <laughs> jesus christ really quick the mom's the one of the weirdest things the, in the mom movie has is another the mom's fit. seizure yeah because it's like anyway it's when he's cutting the chicken and would, it's bleeding out over normally i like to carve would you like to carve henry yeah yes i'd be honored and they give him the tiniest chicken it's and the biggest fucking knife the huge knife giant fork baby ass chicken and he like barely touches it and it starts pumping blood out from basically between its legs Mm -hmm. so it's like pouring blood out and then its little legs start moving up and down yeah it's like and there's blood just filling his plate and the moment that that starts pouring out of the chicken the blood the mom starts having a similar fit that the the daughter did but hers is like sexual and it's like she's making she's making like weird sexual sounds her eyes are rolled up in her head and what is really fucked with me is her tongue oh She's, right her tongue is like uh, 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 and they again i don't know how i'm sure that they did like 55 takes because everyone's oh, like to. like that's kind of funny right but everyone looks so ups like like and you get the sense that this has happened before because she gets, oh, I'm going to take mom to the kitchen. The mom, so that- no, the girl, the daughter starts sobbing and runs to the kitchen. Bill is like unperturbed, does not give a f- Doesn't phase Bill. Doesn't phase Bill at all. But I'm t- like literally the chicken, this ba- this tiny little like chicken the size of your hand is pouring blood out of it. This is not like a one and like a quick in and out scene. That thing is bleeding for like two minutes, and the mom just keeps going. It's and she doesn't stop, and her tongue just keeps flipping around, and her eyes are back. And you know what I think? I I honestly think that the fit there is meant to be some sort of weird like stand in for an orgasm. And that's why the daughter's so, the daughter's devastated, so devastated by it. And then why the dad, why Bill doesn't look at her. He's like, you know, like no, out of sight, out of mind. Just like let it rest. And that's why Henry's so fucked up by the whole thing. And the, but what do you, what do you make of that and the chicken? I have no idea. I want to watch this movie like 200 more times. And no, that's just it. Like I'm probably going to watch this movie a thousand D times. A thousand D times? Yes. Yeah, fuck yeah, And dude. Danielle's going to be like, why are you watching this Please movie? Please don't watch again? this anymore. Like order the Criterion tonight. Oh no, I'm going to. <laughs> like I don't have the money for it, but I'm going to buy it. 
Because I need to see that transfer, dude. I, my TV is stupid big, so it deserves to be on like. A, oh yeah, man. Yeah. Like, oh uh, god. So, so that whole. Th- go ahead. So, oh, I'm just. I've been going and going. Sick. No, yeah, it's okay. Going. So I made an off comment uh, about <laughs> wanting to make, want to design a, an eraser head pinball table. So uh-huh. like, I'm not. It was like not even joking. <laughs> you want to design a. Eraser head pinball machine. Okay, okay. Follow me here. I'm fo- I'm with you. So, no, I, I just don't. Oh, do you have woman, anything? No, yeah, like with <laughs> What's the woman going on? In, the, in the radiator because there's so many different things that pinball is one of my favorite things on the planet. Uh huh. Because there are certain rules that you have to follow. Like the structure of a pinball machine, in order to to get the most value or to get the high score. Like there are so many rule sets. Yeah. And you've got to spend time a lot of time to figure out a table it's rule sets how exactly to play the ball off different bumpers and where the fucking tension is and this so meticulous to be really really good at a pinball uh-huh. table just one in particular would take hours to master pinball Days. pinball wizard is pinball more wizard, sense right. all of a but i just want to and you're sending balls around the table uh-huh and so you could like was this very sort of a set. you can put balls in the I don't know it's uh, I wish I could explain it better but like when I was watching the radiator scene and a couple other moments like this this would make for a great pinball table because they've done it with like the Twilight Zone they've done it with different I'm going way off the fucking reservation on you really this. are but I kind of enj- like this because this is very could, in keeping because, with this film where because you're like, a lot of because that's just it it's like this would be the weirdest fucking thing to make into a pinball table but they've done it with every IP out there they've done it with Doctor Who if they've done it with Twilight Zone they've done it with the Adams Family they've done some really off the there, wall ones. there's really good Simpsons ones I think they did a Clark's yeah, one they've done one on The Wizard of Oz and, and they've become very modernized and using L, like L, LED screens to actually play footage from a movie right. like on the, the backdrop of the pinball table and instead the sound bites that you use too so you could have like like the bill saying oh my knees my knee. if you get like the certain bonus look or whatever my knees. Look, look at my, at my knees. knees or you could have what i want to make my new text alert which is okay paul <laughs> <laughs> when the buzzer is ringing and the that? oh my god yeah, yeah when he comes out <laughs> and he, and oh my the kid I with the head walks in yeah, like, okay, okay paul <laughs> Hey there, son. What do you got there? Right. Oh, my God. But it's like, because it would be... The, desk, Paul! This would be the last <laughs> thing or desk. IP that you would think of to to make into a pinball machine. Yeah. But I think that it would lend itself so naturally to a physical, this would be the mechanical pin- pinball machine. This would be the pinball machine that, like, 10-year-old me... I was never huge into pinball machines, but right. there was one at the airport. My dad used to travel internationally a lot when I was growing up, and we'd wait for him at the airport, and I'd play the pinball machine, and I loved it because it was Friday the 13th mm-hmm. themed, and it was... Uh, like, the they managed to make a pinball game scary. scary. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was weird. There was I think there was, like, Jason's... Like, Jason's machete would pop out of the yeah. board and, like, block the ball when it came down a certain angle, and it would startle you. This would fascinate like 10 year old me yeah, and with the if you get the right speaker set up you could have that and can we talk really quick yeah, about the anyways. soundtrack yeah please sorry but I no no like no I, your diatribe on a pinball table but dude, like that's what this is for yeah. we're not that because we're not siskel and ebert we can be like <laughs> you know what this you know what this would be a good fucking pinball, pinball machine thing. right and we don't have to at the end of it be like well i recommend it highly five out of five right. stars we can say stuff like 
fucking movie, fucking shit, fucking, you should fucking watch it. Yes. And no one's going to be like, well, that's not very highbrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, I, I really enjoy the, uh, the, like, the layman's film critic thing we've got going on Fair here. enough. <laughs> um, film lovers is what we are, but yes. the, the score in this, now, we're going to watch another movie this month that has my favorite soundtrack of all time. I bought it on vinyl the second that I finished watching the movie. I, I went online and I ordered it directly mm-hmm. because vinyl is the highest fidelity reproduction that you can get of sound. So that is still true, right? That vinyl is, yeah, that because is what you are listening to is what was yes, recorded. D- depending, like the- depending on your only, there's two caveats. One, only if it was originally recorded on tape and not recorded digitally. Um, because when you record on tape, it records an actual wave. Mm-hmm. And when you digitize it, it makes it into like- when you compress it, it turns it into bits. So you, your wave, if you zoom way in on your wave, you can think of it like pyramid steps. That's what you have now. Now at really, really high fidelity digital recordings, like if you're, I can't remember exactly what it is. It's like, like we recorded this podcast at, uh, 4824, which is like 48 kilohertz, 24 bit, which is pretty good because I'm going to compress it to mp3 so it doesn't really matter but the wave sounds like really really high fidelity if you go above that like you can go to like 128 kilohertz at 64 bit that's like the the digital quality is so high you can't tell the difference difference. but on a really high quality system like truly exceptional speakers or insanely good headphones if you listen to a vinyl recording of something and you listen to even the highest fidelity digital recording of something now there are there are like insane formats like lossless digital formats that are only in just sound engineers will hear the difference. Mm-hmm. But if you have an okay setup and you have an MP3 and you have a vinyl recording, the difference is immediately noticeable. Oh wow! Um, that's why DJs. I like our digressions in this episode, but that's why DJs. Spend, that's, this is a movie to digress on because holy for fuck. sure, especially because we're talking about if I could find this on vinyl, this yeah. soundtrack, I would immediately. I'm going to go and hunt this down, and if they made a vinyl recording from the tapes, I'll buy it yeah. as much as it fucking costs. I don't care. Um, DJs will spin vinyl because certain songs, like there, when you listen to the MP3, because of the way a compressor works, a compre- uh, compressor is one of the ways they master a track so it sounds good on all audio. Oh, right, right. It makes it like a universal sort of. Right. So it'll sound good if you listen on your TV, in your car, in your iPod. It all sounds good everywhere. The way that the compressor works is it'll cut. Uh, the, the high and the low, right? Or the there's it? yeah, it's I think it's gating. They use gating, mm-hmm. and it'll cut sense. the really high frequencies and the really low frequencies. But some pop songs, the way that they're recorded, have they're meant to kick on your subs if you have a bitch in system. But if you don't, they, they can clip that so that it doesn't fuck with your speakers and mess your sound quality up. But I was talking to a couple of DJs uh, a few years back and they were saying they only spin vinyl because, uh, on, if they're trying to play it on uh, like off their computer or off their MP3 player, their subs don't even kick on. But when you play it on vinyl, that whole, that sound, whole wave sound wave is there. is there. So when they hit that low frequency, oh, that low frequency exists, whereas in a compressed format, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so that's why I bought vinyl. And yes, vinyl is still, if it's recorded to tape, because if it's recorded digitally, it doesn't matter. It's no, already the. It's already in bit format. So that's what you're hearing. It's just that they really fuck you too. If you go to the go to a record store and look at new vinyl, they'll be like, 
uh, mixed from 100 the, like the high quality de- don't f- avoid that well, anything yeah, that's yeah. mixed from digital avoid it yeah. anything that says mixed from original masters that's the one you want that go. shit up perfect that's why I like old vinyl it's cheap and it's always mixed from original masters Pr- anything pre-digital yeah this soundtrack isn't so much a soundtrack as it is oh it's my. like ambient noise yeah, yeah I, black noise is a good word for it but it's a mixture of like the sound of like clanking, like not, and there's not, it's not you like, you said clank, like an clank, old clank. furnace in a way. It's it like, does. Yeah. It sounds like a old there's, there's a metronome happening, but it's not, it's like, cause you know, in an old house, I grew up with the, one of those old octopus, uh, furnaces in the basement. Yes. The big, the big, big, boiler, huge boiler with ones. those huge arms extending from it. And it had certain noises and sounds that it would make that sounded random at first. But if you heard, but if you lived times, in that house for five in five years, you're like there is a certain pattern to regularity them. to it. It part of the and sound that's is what this is doing. It's, it's that, that first sound of a big boiler, like <laughs> when it first kicks yeah. on. Yeah, like that sound is in the background often. Like that, like yes, the the like sputtery sort of yep. like, and it's super low frequency too. Yep. Um, but also there's like the pings and tings of cooling metal. Ding, ding. Yeah. That like, the, the like, expanding, contracting, the expanding, so, yeah. contracting metal sound is in there. There's the sound of steam that steam appears often, but constantly almost the sound of like a storm, just the wind. There's of, wind everywhere. And in the documentary yeah. about Eraserhead, they mix wind into his interview, yes, which, sure do. but come on, it was fun. No, no, because, I love because it's David Lynch. You're like, you, you rolled your eyes and I was like, don't you dare. No, that was a good the role. The wind was great. That was a great role. That was a good role. <laughs> and I love how they chose to do a static close up of a phone whenever she is talking. It's awesome. That's awesome that was intentional it's very twin peaksy yeah. but like um in the soundtrack to this there's always the sound of a storm happening like there's always wind mm-hmm. or there's the sound of like banging ra- like you're you feel like you're in a really old building and one thing that's pointed out in that lynch on lynch interview that i read um it's always feels when you're in henry's apartment you get the sense that it is it's always loud in his apartment. It's mm-hmm. never like we're inside now, so it's quiet. You go inside and it's like, and the radiator's kicking on. And outside and the- you hear like, there's wind. His apartment is uproariously loud, and it's equally as loud when you go outside. So it's it the soundtrack builds like relentless pressure everywhere. Even when he's just laying on his bed and mm-hmm. like la 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 la, there's like whistling wind and like. Yep. In the background, it's so the soundtrack. If you did anything else, this movie would lose something. Yeah, it's incredible. It's the one of my three favorite soundtracks of all time. And the it's other non musical. Yeah, it's just there's there's no score sound. to this. Yeah, the, well, there is one song. There's the, well, the in heaven. In heaven. By the way, did you know the Pixies often play that song on tour? They play that song live all the time. No shit. Isn't that fucking great? Doesn't that make you like the pic? I mean, me, you love I the mean, pixies. All, yeah. <laughs> but like, they just went up like one little bump in my head. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Good all for right. you playing David Lynch songs. Oh, so Eraserhead, mm-hmm. I think that its um, tagline should be worst period vacation period <laughs> ever period. Because he's on vacation yeah. the whole film. <laughs> worst vacation ever that should be this movie should be an ad for disneyland they should buy the rights disney should buy this film and be like vacation at disneyland or this could happen to you happen to you and then the ad is the whole film 
genius. It's like a little Disney and then the whole movie <laughs> the whole plays movie. and then back to your right. regular programming at the end. Dis- Disney's got that kind of money. They're like, a 60 second spot's going to be uh, $10,000 and Disney's like, play the whole movie. Play the like, whole movie. It, it, sir, uh, let me punch these numbers in. It's going to be a million dollars every time it plays. And they're like, fuck you. <laughs> That's Iron Man's royalties That's a- from the last 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. So play the whole fucking movie. So every like... <laughs> episode we make that much mo- money every time iron man farts like a new, just- a new episode of roseanne lasts like three <laughs> days because <laughs> david lynch's eraser head keeps Keep playing, playing in between <laughs> dude i'd watch roseanne if they played rose if they played eraser head like be, six that times would be the only thing that would get me to watch an episode of. oh my god okay um do you want to jump let's i have notes kind of linear because i wrote them as we went I know you're sort of like pastiches of notes. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. Like going through reading these, I'm like, I was tripping or something when I wrote these notes. They're also very strange. I want to go back to grandma mm-hmm. when she makes, there's a bit oh, where she, she stern shit. She makes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit where the uh, Mrs. X is like putting salad, like salad greens together. and she's rinses it. And then she, her behind her, like by the back door, an old, old woman, grandma X, we'll call her, is just sitting as still as I've ever seen a human being sit motionless as fuck. So she's sitting there like totally motionless and Mrs. X turns with the salad bowl and puts it in her hands. then she takes two salad, like tossing forks and puts one in her one hand and one in her other. And then she gets behind grandma X who is utterly still like zero motion. And then she tosses the salad with grandma's hands in grandma's lap behind her doing all the work when she's done she like uncurls grandma's hands off of the implements and sets them in the sink and then picks the salad up and then puts a cigarette screws a cigarette in grandma's mouth grandma's mouth and lights a match puts it under there and you see smoke coming out and that smoke is the first indication that grandma's even alive yep she could have been dead that whole scene if she hadn't like started puffing the smoke the and ends cigarette. up when we cut back to her later, she smoked like the whole cigarette. Yep. But 5,000 kudos to that actress because she doesn't fucking there's not flinch, a flinch, doesn't breathe, there's, doesn't bat an eye. There's nothing. There is zero indication that she's alive. And then that little that puff of little smoke puff. comes And it's out. not like she takes a big drag, but just enough to indicate that she... She Jeez. doesn't even she doesn't even screw her lips around it. No. She just like you just can like get the sense that she like pressed down ever so gently just to keep the cigarette in her mouth. I can't even like I'm trying to do it like the the thing where you like don't move your face but inhale and then puff out. I don't know if yeah, I could. I, I don't know if I could, but it's it's all it's that is one of the spookiest everything in this movie is the spookiest right. thing, but that's really unnerving. Where it's like is she is she, fucking, is she dead? fucking dead? And then it's like puff of smoke and you're like, "Oh my god, she's just what? Go." Go. Say it. You never saw Tideland, did you? I didn't. Okay. Remind. Okay. So speaking of dead per- person performances. What am I right? Tideland. Tideland. It's a Terry Gilliam movie. Ah, you and your Terry Gilliam. You I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. He's um, one of my favorite. Here's where I think the films that I've seen that I think make little homages to Eraserhead. What year did Texas Chainsaw Massacre come out? Uh, 70 something. Right. 70 something but did it come out before this or after this Shall I do a research do that real quick because I'm gonna say 
Um, that old woman, like making her toss the salad so she's still part of the family. Oh, even it's though, very like, like Texas Chainsaw. Man. The original. 1974 was Texas Chainsaw. So Texas Max. Chainsaw predates Predates this. this by a few years. So yeah. what reminds, this reminds me very much so of the scene in uh, Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre where Pa can't is like almost dead and can't swing the hammer, but they oh, want him, to, want kill him to kill the girl. That's so Texas like, Chainsaw Massacre 2. That's one. I just watched the movie not too long ago. When they make him hit the girl in the head, that's the first movie. Yeah, your brain just exploded. Shit, it sure did. I thought there was a second one. The second one's even like totally off the wall wacky, but that's... Well, that's the wacky, happy, fun time Texas yeah, it's like It's Massacre. the difference between Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Oh, absolutely. It's the same progression between films where mm-hmm. they went for it in the first one and then realized that there was an incidental vein of humor and then just cut that vein open and let it but yeah so it reminds me that bit because they keep putting the hammer in grandpa's hand and making her hit this girl in the head but he fucking can't do it it's not working and it's the scene goes on so long that it becomes like you're like Someone kill her. Someone kill her. Just right. kill her, please. Don't make me watch her like get wounded again. You're just barely just like barely hit on the head. They're hitting her, but like her head's splitting open a little, yeah. and there's it's so awful to watch. And this is the same way because Grandma's not moving. She's not doing anything. And they're like, but she still wants to make. They're like, there you the go. Family. You're part of the family. Make the salad. I wrote down the American nightmare. Oh my god. The dinner preparation scene is the American fucking nightmare, man. It's so up, so weird. And speaking of cutting veins open. While mom is making salad, Bill and Henry are sitting out in the in the kitchen or in the dining room. Mm-hmm. And Bill goes, look at this arm. I had some surgery. Right. right. Dude, it's so messed up. He's like, look at he holds his arm out to Henry. And he's like, look, he's you know, holding the fork and he, the knife. And he's got the or he sets down the chickens. And he's like, I had some I had surgery on this arm. And the doctor said I'd never use it again. But I was, was rubbing, rubbing it, it and rubbing. <laughs> he starts rubbing his arm. He's like, I rub my arm every day until I got, got some a, feeling back. Got, no, not feeling, sure. but he's like, I got, I got some use back, All and right. now I can grab things. But it's numb, and he punches oh. his arm so fucking hard. You're, I was just because you know when you get punched in the in the like tendons, yeah. How your arm gets that electric shock. I'm like that actor probably just like wrecked his zinged arm. Him, yeah, it zinged him good. He like punches his arm, and he's like. Now it's numb, can't feel the thing. And he gets like quiet and he looks at Henry and he goes, I'm, I'm afraid to cut it. And then he like disengages from the conversation and like turns back to the table. But that line hearing when he looks at him and he, he's, it's like for one second, he becomes a human and he's confessing something to Henry because his arm, then the moment's over, right? Because his arm is like totally numb, but he says, I'm, he pauses. So he's like, I'm afraid to cut cut it and then he's done that's it hey would you like to car normal uh, right. car. Normal and you're like, car, what? Right. are we just gonna gloss over what you fucking what? just nothing? said nothing we're good we're you, moving on your, we're arm, great. <laughs> your arm was dead you rubbed it until it was able to be used again but it's totally numb and you kind of want to cut it to see what happens what the fuck is going on <laughs> dude it's, <laughs> it's then the weird we have then we get the weird like oh, I'm, cu- I'm cutting up the little thing and blood chicken blood chicken mom orgasm not sure exactly how to unpack that i gotta watch this movie like 99 more times the women leave and there's like this is the perfect time to talk about it david lynch's well there's two there's uh, i gotta shout out the cinematographers too because they all worked on it together um so we've got the cast listed first okay david lynch written produced and directed Mm -hmm. camera and lighting there's two dps on this movie 
Uh, the first one is Herbert Cardwell, or Herb, as uh, David Lynch calls him in all of the documentaries. That guy was only able to shoot for two years, I believe. And then David Lynch left school, and right. Herbert Cardwell left school, and he kind of drifted away from the project and then died really young. Yeah, he, he died, died at 35. Or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, and some of the stories that he tells about Herb are fucking weird. But you get the, the flying one, the like flying the, one, and the car one where he's talking he gibberish perfectly, and, then, and like yeah, oh, oh yeah, he started going off the road speaking gibberish, gibberish, and, and get higher and higher, and then he gets shaken, and he like comes out of his weird trance, and you're like, David Lynch is not a real person. No, he's there's no way he is. There's no way he is. He's like he's not. You know what he planet. is? He's like some a figment of someone's imagination. Like he, someone got struck by lightning, and part of their imagination like became David Lynch. Oh my god. You know, like he just came into being in their death throes. Part of their brain, like, was animated into a being, and that is David Lynch. He's so out there, but weirdly, you can't look away from him when no. he's talking. Even when he's saying stuff that you know cannot possibly be There's real. There's an interview with him, and all he's doing is making uh, quinoa. <laughs> and it's the most like mesmerizing <laughs> shit. And then he tells a story about taking a train to Italy or something. And that's the most mesmerizing, mesmerizing story. But just him, just him explaining how to make quinoa is like, tell, what, tell the, me so more. What, what, the fuck? what else can you What cook? about your pot is what? And then you tell, right. You're writing everything down. Well, that's what I love is he's, he, he's like, well, Herb Cardwell was the Herb Cardwell was the DP on, on a racer head. And you're like, okay, here he's going to talk about the camera and the shot composition. Yeah. He goes, the thing about Herb was he was a, he was such a great driver. Such a great, he would put both feet on the, he would feather the stops, no rocking, no shaking. And you're like, he's not talking about a racer head at all. He's just talking talking about about how good his DP can drive. drive. And you're fucking fascinated. You're like, how good was this guy at driving? And he also flew a plane? And he flew flew across the country with a blind guy as his navigator. (laughs) And you're like, what are you even saying, David Lynch? Tell me more. God damn it. But then he doesn't. But then he doesn't remember working in a restaurant for at four all. summers. Did I do that? Really? Oh, yeah. I don't remember any of I that. I don't remember that at all. Like his mind. David Lynch is so interesting as yeah. a human being. Oh my God. Like, what would you do if you were able to porn. interview like David Lynch? I would just like, it would be the most weird. I would just say like one word at a time to him and just be yeah. like shadows and then just let him talk mm-hmm. and anything he said i'd be like that is the definitive melatonin text. exactly <laughs> just give him a word and let him go and then bring someone from his past to be like hey david remember that time that we you know for four years lived in this hovel and we did this thing every day and we used to play chess with the homeless people who had no eyes and david lynch would be like no i don't recollect that at all anyway this guy I knew met for five minutes. He was such a driver. You know, you're like, you, you lose huge chunks of your yeah. life, but you remember these weird, obscure details. But that that's really how is, his brain works. That's though. his filmmaking style, too. But I, would, I mentioned no it very early and yeah. I wasn't even joking. I think a lot of he's he's huge into transcendental meditation. No, I know. Yeah, I did. He know does that. it twice a day. He's been doing it for like 45 years. Twice a day, once in, in the morning, once at night. When you yeah, go, but when and you say he, transcendental meditation, what are you exactly talking about? Because I might have something on this. Go. Uh, it's it's you leaving your yourself. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. And like exp- going exploring and like figuring shit out and then coming back. Right. Uh-huh. It's sort of a sense of leaving your physical being, as far as I understand what he. But his version of, tra- I don't want to put words in his mouth. Sort, sort of like, uh, like not out of body experience. What's it Something called? Something almost like vision questing it. in a way. I or, see what you're saying. There's yeah. a word for it, but I can't remember. Astral projection. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I I think that's he, what I glean I know that from. he did that and became a vegan or vegetarian at the same time. I can't remember. I think it's vegetarian because this was like in the 80s and mm-hmm. I don't think vegans were very big back then. But yeah, I I had read that and I I talk about it on the other podcast I do with my wife, Chapman and Robin, but I, for a long time, used to practice what I called Gnostic meditation, which is basically where you sit and breathe and meditate like the standard way, but your focus is not on your breath. It's utterly remaining utterly and completely motionless. And you do it for a long period of time. And the thing that I it was very, very interesting because I'd meditated as a younger, when I was young, like the breathing thing. But when you, when your focus becomes like, don't move your tongue, don't swallow, don't move your, like every single limb, fingertip, everything, don't move. After about 15 minutes, your brain starts telling you to move. Right. And you, you fight against it. And what happens is it's going to sound weird that I did this intentionally, but what I found is that at about 20 minutes, you start hallucinating really, really fucking hard. At least I did. Wow. So like I would get, uh, I described it to bird as basically like your brain starts trying to trick you into moving because it's panicking because you're not moving at all. Like, like I like would hearing voices or like seeing things are trying to get you to like jump or move. I was uh, my the most powerful experience I ever had. Again, like this is because all like, you're not blinking either. Well, I, I would keep your I would keep my eyes like just let them relax how they wanted to and then not open them. So usually okay. it'd be closed because otherwise they'd dry out like crazy. Right. But it was so I'm I'm sitting in bed uh, Marquette doing this like um, Gnostic meditation. It was my longest session. I, I did it ultimately. It was like 40 something minutes. Holy shit. But at about what I guesstimate, because I couldn't see the, the timer that I had going, but about like 25 minutes in, I heard Bird come home, slam the door, walk into the bedroom and close the bedroom door. And I like knew it was her and I could hear footsteps and stuff. But Bird had just like Bird was gone at work. Bird was not home. But I swear to Christ, I heard the door close. I heard her come into the bedroom. I heard the footsteps. At one point, I heard because we we had Trinity at that time, my dog. Trinity came into the room and jumped up on the bed and sat in my lap. But the bedroom door was closed and locked, so she didn't do that. But my body, my brain, told me emphatically that that's what happened. Like, oh, the dog's in here. You better get her out. Better move. Better move. And at like the peak of me doing this, that that this particular day, I was like, nope, nope, this isn't like not real. Keep still, keep still. And it, you really learn a lot about yourself. So when I read about the transcendental thing with David Lynch, I was like, I kind of get it. It really is very weird. It's mm-hmm. it's not. I I don't do it anymore mostly because I don't have the time or patience. Right. But like, it's it's a, it's an experience outside of. It sounds so woo-woo, hippy-dippy, but it's an experience outside yeah. of like everything in Our your day Our brains day. are so incredible. It freaked me right out, yeah. man. Like, you know, you, you, you come out of the meditation and you're like, what am I doing to myself? Where like my... My brain is yeah. like trying to push a dude move. Exactly. Well, I think you're dead right now, but I'm your brain. I, I know you're not dead, I but I need confirmation that you are not dead. Yeah. This is your brain doing that. Yeah, I think it's literally like like the your mind being like, okay, no motion for this long is not normal. It's there's a thing called a myoclonic jerk. Oh yeah, I actually that's a sleep that's a sleep disorder for some people. I have that. Right. I will go I will go into not seizure, but the my my body sometimes between sleep and waking yeah. will get locked in that space. Yes, uh, and I can't move um, and I can't. Uh, breathe and I get that white and that there's a word for it yeah and I'm also still fucking dreaming so I'm awake and aware of my surroundings that, but yeah. I'm also bringing in weird shit 
Yeah, the, and I've I can't actually move had and I'm screaming. And, and but like it's happened a couple of times uh, next to sleeping next to Danielle. Yeah. And I'm always worried that I am I'm actually screaming or I'm, I'm but never can tell. Because it's all happening in my head. There's a word. There's a word ex- for exactly this thing. But I, I've had similar experiences twice, and it was usually when I was doing this Gnostic meditation thing mm-hmm. r- religiously, but uh, not like as a religion, but regularly. Um, and one of the hallmarks of it is the irrefutable feeling that someone is behind you. Yeah, that's fucking... It's it's, awful, dude. It is. It's a dark, and it's always a very dark sort of... Yep. Like a dark, and you want to turn around, dark but you figure. can't. You can't because you're frozen. Yeah. It's it's called oh, it's called sleep paralysis. That's exactly what it it's is. It's called yeah. sleep paralysis. Yeah. Um, and it's basically your brain has a a, a defense mechanism or uh, like a safety mechanism where you're sleeping. You can't. Your autonomic your the the nerves. It doesn't that allow you to move, so you're not going to roll out of yourself. a tree or yeah. roll off a cliff. Yeah. So your your body is paralyzed when you're sleeping. But there's a thing that happens called sleep paralysis where you partially wake up, but your body still frozen and paralyzed and i know ex- i've had exactly it happens that. to me sometimes i'll go through spurts where it happens a lot and mm-hmm. then it won't happen for a year right yeah 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 i'm kind of the same way and you know what's weird is when i don't have it happen to me for a long time i kind of miss it a little and then it happens you and it's a really bad one you you're feel, like nope i'm fine i was fine without this happening this is great so it's such an intense experience yeah. though and the weird thing is i remember the like the last couple times that it happened jesus i know i keep looking over it but <laughs> jesus christ my brain um the and you know what's weird is even though this is all like weird tangent, it's all relevant to this because movie. Because this is the, yeah. This is the type of shit that this movie is, is sleep paralysis. It is like Gnostic hallucination. It's, it's all that thing type out of the corner shit, of your dude. eye and like. But I remember the, you trying, trying to scream, not like I'm screaming, but like. If I can just get a sound, I can get a sound out. I can wake up. So I would be laying in bed. It was awful. Like, like bird next to me, and yeah. Oh my god! You're, you're, scre- you're in your head. You're you are screaming, screaming, but your body's not doing it. Nope. So what you're getting is like, mm-hmm. but in your head it's like, yeah. and then finally you get like a, and then you're and awake, then you're and awake. then you're like, <laughs> 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 hello everyone, oh, and you're looking around, and you know. <laughs> Yep. Dude, it's it's it, it's super intense and super crazy, much like Eraserhead. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> sleep paralysis, fun for everyone. Uh, you know what? That's oh god. If it's... that happens to me tonight, I'm just gonna be like, ah, fuck. <laughs> just put on a race. Go out in your living Go, room and put, put on, on Eraserhead. Yeah. Oh my god, Danielle's gonna shit. I mean, there's there's. Stuff I have in... 7.1 surround sound headphones. That's what I'm going to do. Is I might my get, Sony's. I'm gonna put those fuckers on. Yeah, and just like, well, I should have done that the first time. Had I known the sound was so important, I would so have put, I would have piped it through my. my well, the original the original mix is mono. Right. The Criterion Blu-ray, which you can pick up on blah blah blah. You know, I'm just seriously, I'm just pimping the Blu-ray at this point. But they remixed the audio with David Lynch and split it into full Dolby surround. Sound. Oh my god, that's amazing. I know, I love it so much. But um. We haven't talked about what I think for most people will be the most fucking mind warping portion of this film, which is the baby. We talked a little bit about yeah, why like it's the upsetting. cutting of the swaddling clothes, but it's just because it's discarded on the dresser, swaddled, laying awkwardly on his back with a pillow that doesn't have a pillowcase on it, Mm-mm. and it's just sort of just it's small, there. too. It's small, it, and it's. 
not human in any well no when the mom says like did you have sexual intercourse there's a baby and she the ms x comes in and she's crying and she's like not even sure it's a baby and the mom's like it's at the hospital right now and once you are married you can you pick, can it, pick up. it up and then she walks away and henry and ms x are looking at each other like left there and she's crying and she goes you don't mind do you and henry goes what's that and she goes getting married and he goes no not really and then they get married uh when the baby gets when the baby gets sick and he's got that humidifier and it's just like blasting blasting this like steam over its head and it's doing that weird that like (laughs) and and the breathing there's so much is the upsetting sounds this uh, we, I was talking to you when we watched when I showed you what the the restoration the Blu-ray restoration looks like, looks like yeah. and I was saying look at the texture of the planet look at the texture of the man in the planet the sick the sick guy by the window who mm-hmm. has that like same sickness that the baby seems to have mm-hmm. and, and it releases the sperm well do, but what I was wondering was does it because he the sperm comes out of Henry's mouth before he pulls the lever pulls the lever the sperm goes pulls the lever the no, because the sperm comes out of his mouth right. and it's floating there. When he pulls the lever, it flies off the screen. And because it flies to the right, I assume that we're that Henry's actually upside down and it's falling. Okay. So I think that our orientation is all fucked is up all in fucked the beginning. Up, yeah, right. Yeah. Like there is no up or down. We're in some weird like um like liminal not liminal. It's not liminal. That's the wrong use of that word. But this whole movie's loaded with liminal shit. We're looking right. through windows. Oh we're God, flying through all... holes in ceilings. There's doorways everywhere. Like this whole movie is just liminal space, which is great. Because I was like, liminal, 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 liminal. <laughs> I can't wait to do this podcast and just say that word 99 times. But um, yeah, that the the texture the visual texture of the film when he's walking home and there's the mud the texture of the mud there's the texture of the brick there's the the texture of the hair we do See, a lot this of is the cl- thing i missed all of the texture because of my shit quality dvd that i watched and we will rectify that when we Fuck, when we man. spin this flick at my place next time but uh there's the texture of the hair and so much of the movie seems to be there's the milk in the bed. There's the 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 scene we didn't see the pudding in the drawer. Like it's it's all, and then we do close-ups of bubbling water in the bubbler, mm-hmm. and we do there's the the when he turns the lights off on the sick baby, and we get that weird like close-up where its eye. eye moves and it's under like this filmy. It looks like a fish. like sick film almost like it's glazed over oh, with God. thickness. And- it's literally like. Like a f- dead fish eye almost. It's the but it moves. It yeah. looks it like turns and like rolls in the darkness, and it's that single image. There's yes, the cutting the baby opens really fucking like upsetting, and there's weird stuff with like squishing the sperm when the lady's singing in heaven. But mm-hmm. that that <laughs> what a weird sentence. But that eye, that one shot, it's literally like a second and a half long but that eye rolling under the film in the darkness with that sharp cut beautiful lighting that they do is the most single most nightmarish thing i've ever seen in my life and it has haunted me for three yeah. nights i watched this movie like three nights ago and i think about that i've thought about that eye every you single know what's day crazy about this movie is it what? disturbed me to my in my soul watching it it's stuck with me for th- almost three days now 
I cannot wait to fucking watch this thing on on your on Blu-ray. Like it's the weirdest fucking thing. I, I like, would watch. Yeah, I would like. It, I when, cannot wait to watch this movie again. Me, yeah, me neither. It's the strangest. How weird is that? It is. It's easily like we just watched all the I Spit on Your Grave movies, and this is definitely more. It sticks with you way more than those oh, movies. Oh god. It's, yeah. it, this movie fucks with you in such a weird way. It like rewires your head. It haunts you. It mm-hmm. delights you. It's it, like this is the first time we did this podcast. We've done this podcast at night many times, but mm-hmm. we keep glancing I, we into keep the, kitchen out in the kitchen because there's like I don't really want to fucking drive home. I live two and a half minutes down the street. <laughs> I don't want to fucking. I'm gonna be like peeping my rearview mirror the whole time. Don't even like, do it. Don't look in your rearview. Stay away stop from it, your rearview. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, I want to go home and see my girlfriend. <laughs> it's just like, but but at the same time, I want to watch it. Oh, I want to watch it right yes. now. But like, this movie is amazing. But, um, God, the, the, that like nightmarish eye. And what I was saying, okay, visual, visual texture. I've rarely seen somebody, you get the sense that Lynch, a lot of what Lynch is showing you is... Like uh, I was talking with Bird about this the other day when we did one of our Chapman and Robbins, we were talking about a, a specific shade of blue. And what I'm thinking is like, very rarely do you run into a, a filmmaker who sees, you can tell that he's just seen a texture and thinks it's beautiful. Yeah. And like, he's like, this might not serve a purpose, but. But I like it. Look so at we're going to, yeah. Come and look at this. It's like he's, there are parts of this movie that I wish I could run my hand over. And he shows you that again and again and again. Like you're like, what? or like you're disturbed by it looks, really, but you kind of want to stick your fingers in it, right? To exactly. See what there's, it feels like. There's like, like for example, when he cuts the baby open, and then you're you're like, oh god, this blood, this fluid, and then all of a sudden it's like this like weird tactile sand foam, and it's not a little bit. It's, it's like a ton of it, gallons of it, just like pour up and make this mountain of like sandy foamy like it's like it looks like styrofoam foam I, sand sand everything. I, it's yeah but again there it is it's a texture it's an indescribable texture but when you see it you're like it's you're like you're repelled and repulsed and confused but i also want to know what that feels you like touch yeah. It. yeah god damn it but what i was saying about what i'm my whole point was i think that the audio is the same thing mm-hmm. you know what's that what's that shit called where like people whisper in your ears or like run their hands over fabric and it's played stereo it's like um c cmr cdr but people basically you can go online and look i can't remember what it's called bird introduced me to it she was like check this out it's fucking weird but basically there are whole like audio tracks online youtube is a great place to find them where it'll just be like the sound of a person oh like running their hands over asmr that's what it's called running their hand on paper or like rubbing silk together there's some that are just people like like a like it'd be a woman saying like i think that you're great i think it's just whispering and then there's ones that are like mouth noises or like wool and it's just the sound of wool being rubbed together Mm -hmm. and some people react in a really visceral way to that those sounds um, there's some that are just pulsing frequencies like whoa, 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 whoa. and it like, makes you like not it, it's a negative reaction no to it's uh well i mean like for me the sound of wool being the worst sound i can think of in the world is a boot liner being pulled out of a vent that, really yeah it's a really specific sound and it like right now it, like mine is a is a fork on a plate 
scratching. See, that doesn't bother me. I nope. like I like guitar feedback, so like mm-hmm. really high freak doesn't bother me. But that sound of like a wool bootliner being pulled out of a of, of a vent, wool on metal, it grosses me right out. It's awful. Oh, yeah, no, but like, um, so the thing with the a- ASMR is if you he- listen to it for a long time, it'll basically allegedly in in some people induce like an altered state of consciousness. Not like you're super high, but it'll like right. relax you. Or it'll like it'll like make your skin tingle and make you feel warm. I've never really run into that. Some of the like the weird frequency like wub 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 stuff will like kind of put you in like a real trancey mode. But right. this movie, the the sound even talking about it makes me feel weird. <laughs> it's it's strange, dude. Like go go fall down that rabbit hole for a little bit. But uh, the 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 soundtrack, the score, that like weird black noise you were talking about, mm-hmm. and then also like the mom's. Like that thing and the, the sound of the banging radiator. Like I feel like there's a oral texture to this film in the same way that Lynch is showing us, like, look at the texture of the planet. Look at the texture of this weird foam. Look at the hair on the floor. When you listen to this on like, like when you can hear, Mm -hmm. hear those sounds, you're like it, it. When we watch only lovers left alive at the end of this month, that score, a lot of that score is guitar feedback being modulated and fucked with, with like lyre played over it. Oh, so the cool. guitar feedback creates like these washing waves. So it's not like now we're listening to a score where it's like dun dun dun, but dun dun dun. Right, right, right. It's like hearing like, and it's a guitar feeding back. Beautiful. It's it is absolutely stunningly beautiful. And I feel like this movie does it in a darker way. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Did you like his uh, tree in a pile of dirt? on? His oh nice my gosh. Stand? I said, Oh my God. Oh my God. I actually have something written down for that. Uh, it's like potted plant, but he did it wrong. But he did it wrong. <laughs> but it's like, Oh, it's for their wedding. Uh, uh, gonna get Henry a pot for a wedding gift. Right, like for now. Th- plant. Now that you're married, Henry, you gotta put that dirt gotta in put a plant. That dirt in a plant pot. For <sighs> serious. What you? I have that note between Bedhog and grinds her teeth. And okay, now what the fuck is in the cupboard? It's okay. It's just Ray Harryhausen. <laughs> you wrote a thing. Um, fuck. You wrote. Uh, no, you didn't write. You said at the beginning of the at this thing that Lynch can make the most banal thing. Yeah. Like supremely disturbing well not just the the, the word i use uh and there's a specific we that sorry like 18 fucking pages of i know this is actually one of the most malevolent malevolent okay so when she leaves for the last time and pulls her briefcase out from under the bed and she can't get it out but you'd get no indication that that's what she's doing I'm until like, what is she doing she what gets she out of doing? bed she gets out of bed she kneels at the edge of the bed and like leans, the bed starts like bang, bang, and she's bang. crying it's like every time she does it. Like, <laughs> and her face like comes in between two like metal pipe. You've really got you guys have to watch this movie. I'm telling you, you can't do these things justice with words. But her her face like goes between the grate at the end of the bed, like the bars, and like goes in between the like she's like. In, I cannot. It's impossible. This is impossible to describe. No, I can't it, do can't. it. But 
there's it's the way she's trying to pull that. I mean, you're not aware but that you she's don't pulling know what, out. It yeah. looks like what she's doing is like intentionally shaking the bed and throwing her upper body against it. And her face is going between the bars and she's sobbing and looking at Henry the whole time. And it becomes it's almost really sexual. sexual. It becomes obscenely sexual because it goes on. I'm like, on. is she jerking him off in some weird way? But she's not. She's not touching him. She in can't this, be. But it's the weird. All she's doing is moving the bed. But because she's moving the bed in a rhythmic way, Henry's just looking at her confused. She's sobbing and the bed is banging back and forth. And you're like. God, why is this like sex and why is this upsetting me so much? And then she finally gets the pulls brief. the briefcase out yeah. from under the bed. She just couldn't get the briefcase free, but for like it and a long time too. It's like thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. She's just like bang, bang, bang. Uh, oh, it's, here it is. Getting suitcase from under bed was genius. It is fucking like brilliant. just like holy shit. Everything in this movie again and again. You just you see stuff and you're. It's so everything there is no context for anything everything is flying in the void what did you see a monster behind me Fuck just me, now dude, yeah. um <laughs> jesus christ no, okay should i tell you yeah please. i saw a person with a black robe and a, like a black hat standing in the corner, behind me like way far back by like in the corner like i thought it was bird for a second peeking and i'm like why is she wearing a black oh that's not a thing Bird said the other day that she thinks this house has like weird bad energy not like I don't ghosts, know if it's bad it's just a weird sort of doesn't feel poltergeisty necessarily the house that we are shit. in right now is put together weird like kitchen higher than dining room higher than living room yeah you do step down step down step down step down that hallway is like the skinniest fucking hallway I've ever yeah. seen it's just the house is laid out weird it reminds me of how the Winchester house is described don't even look over there anymore I'm not looking I can't look anywhere do you remember anymore. in Mulholland Drive when they go behind the dumpster? Oh, stop it. <laughs> the spooky guys back there. It's like that, you know, that's the same sort of weird black noise that happens in the diner when they're having that conversation. Oh. A walk from a diner to a dumpster has never been more terrifying. That's the most terrifying it shit. It is scary. We should do Mulholland Drive at some oh point. Oh, my God. Anyway. I don't know that I can watch that movie. Oh, it's so good. Um... Yeah, what are it's we... It's going to be the longest fucking five-mile <laughs> drive of my life. Oh, God. Um, What I wanted to... T- oh, the by the way, that... that clip- I'm going to go home and watch Moana. I shit you not. You know what I did last night? Because I couldn't get fucking Eraserhead out of my head. I watched um with Bird. Bird's like, what do you want to watch? I'm like, The Road to El Dorado. Can we watch <laughs> Can that? Can we watch that? Dude, I might That's do it again movie. tonight just talking it. about yep. this fucking film. Oh, my brain is so fucking on fire right now. Okay. Uh, we can't we can't stop, though. We got to keep going. Um, Push forward. Move forward. Moving I on. Feel like, I feel like... I feel like I'm... I'm going to a different level or plane of like... you kind of feel a little bit like an altered state of consciousness coming on? I'm starting to get a little wacky too. Like... We're coffee. We haven't been drinking. No. No, coffee's been done for a minute. Yeah, we've had... had It's not super late. 11 o'clock. That's that's not bad. We're not doing bad. But like... What are we on time? I feel like I've time Are you fucking kidding me? I feel like it's been like three hours. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Something weird is happening right now. Something weird is happening right now. There's no time in this movie, by the way. This movie jumps around in time. Like, I have no idea where there's no frame of reference. There's no frame of reference. Everything could either happen like within a couple minutes or like a day, or it's been like months. And it's a mutant baby, so who knows how long? Like, and we criticized another movie really strongly for this, but it works perfectly in this movie. Yeah. It's so genius. In the oh, movie. the Spit on Your Grave remake? Yes. Yeah. I wanted to, This is what I've been like unable to get to forever because we got on like awesome, all sorts of awesome <laughs> tangents. Yeah. But the second 
DP, oh, yeah. director of photography is Frederick Elms. So there's two directors of photography on this, and they both worked really closely with Lynch. It, this the the way the documentary sets it up is it sounds like this was the most indie of films. They ran out of money several times and would go like, there's one shot where Henry goes to open a door, and when we cut to the reverse, 18 months have passed in real time before they cut the reverse. He ages over a year between walking through one side of the door and coming out the other and the cut the shot is matched perfectly because Lynch is a fucking right. psycho genius. And that's the thing that I didn't consider is this movie took so long. People aged five People years. People aged five years shooting this and if you didn't know that, you'd never know. I mean, not that you age a ton in five, but you age enough. You age, yeah. Yeah. But think about that. When he, here's the scene. Watch for it if you watch this at home or spin it again. Henry's walking down the hall, turns, faces his door, looks around, hears furnace sounds and shit opens the door and walks into the room and closes the door behind him that when he's in the hallway is one is 18 months before he steps into the room that reverse shot is 18 months later that's insanity the fact and especially the fact that they were able to perfectly match that his hair he that actor jack nance had that haircut for five years he kept his hair that way so that they could shoot at the drop of a hat if they needed to, if Lynch ever put together the money. And that was just a fluke that his hair would do that. Yeah, because his hair was, he had like weird hair where if you combed it up, it would stay up. It would stay up, up. Yeah. Without, like, without product. It just did that. Isn't that fucking strange? But um, the, the point about the DPs. Yes. This movie does something we've mentioned twice now on the podcast with two other, uh, one film and a director. But Lynch uses long shots exquisitely he will shoot this he'll he'll set you up with an establishing shot and you're just looking at a room or a hallway or a something and you live there you're there for like and i'm i i to give you an idea you're there for like five full seconds which when you're watching a screen five seconds is a lot it's yeah. like a it's like in a stage play mm-hmm. like a minute of stage time is a long fucking time that's like if you have a bare stage for a minute that's an eternity yeah yeah, that is forever and that's why when there's drops in lines like two seconds of getting a pickup right like if you go up yeah feels like an eternity yeah because it's it's that much it becomes super obvious anytime you drop out of flow like if an actor doesn't miss a cue but like needs to take a second Everyone knows they're because like, they're like, that was is, weird. Yeah, that was weird. Because two seconds is forever. And Lynch will let you sit there for like five seconds, 10 seconds. Sometimes like 30. And then someone will walk on screen. I'm thinking particularly of the opening sequence when... Um, when, when he goes into the elevator? Henry's, when Henry's walking back to his oh, apartment. okay, yeah. Because we'll get these beautiful profile shots of the side of a building. And again, you get the sense like, we don't need this shot. But Lynch wants to show you like, look at this building look I at found. this building and this huge door. This giant door, like look at this huge fucking giant door, like this hangar door that I found. Isn't this cool? Because when you watch that, that's like, there's like 10 seconds of just that wall of that building or that door. And then Henry walks on screen and Henry will walk and he'll walk off screen or walk into the door. Mm -hmm. And we don't cut. We stay on the door. It's genius because it lets you know that you're... It makes you feel like Henry's not what you're watching. You're watching Henry's world, and he just lives there. He just lives there. The hallway outside his room is my favorite example. Because we look down this hallway for, again, like 10, 15 seconds, and then Henry walks down the hallway, and he looks at the woman in his room across the hall, like her door, and then he turns, and he goes into his room and closes the door, and we stay in that hallway for like another 15, 20 seconds, which is forever. And you realize, maybe this movie's not about Henry. 
I mean, he's in it for sure. But, but he's just walking through it. Lynch, again, to use his words and to use my like weird jazz metaphor is he's not really building or telling a story. He's just created a world and he's just showing you what he made. Yeah. Like, look at this world that I made. And there like, happens to be a couple of people that are stuff happens and there's crazy vignettes. But a lot of those vignettes start with an establishing shot with no one in them. And end again with that same space. It's like that thing where like people come and go, but these spaces remain. It's uh, there's a horror movie that I watched. I think maybe you and I covered it or Bird and I covered it, but people will leave the scene and oh, it's I wrote a review for it. It's uh, House of the Devil, that Ty West mm. movie, where the babysitter will walk out of the scene and the camera doesn't stay static. The camera will move around the house and just show you the house. No spooky monsters. No one's in there. And you get the idea like, Oh, I get it. We're not watching the fucking babysitter. The babysitter doesn't matter. Right. We're, we're being shown this house because the house is the character and the potential of the house is the the character. character. And we get that in this movie, but in a, not in like a cool stylized, like eighties film, Mm Ty West auteur kind of way. We're getting it in like a, we're in a nightmare, like the way that hallways seem to never end. Hallways never end in this movie. They just keep, they keep rolling, rolling on that out, goddamn yeah. hallway. Oh, I fucking love it, dude. I fucking love this movie. Um, other ge- One other genius shot that comes to mind, that's specifically a cinematography thing mm-hmm. and not like a, oh, acting moment. <laughs> when, um, when Henry... S- after Henry has sex with the woman across the hall, yes. the next time he sees her and she's with that what weird, other weird guy with the yeah. like fucking growth on his face and the sweat and like the skullet happening, he goes into his room and closes the door and looks through his keyhole. And that keyhole, when the door slams, the doorknob is perfectly, perfectly centered. aligned with the keyhole. And I, and in that weird way with the, the pulling the briefcase, I've never seen a, a shot of a door slamming more sexual. Mm-hmm. That doorknob just pounds into the center of the keyhole he's peering through and you're like it's fucking like the, i feel the like, door of the neighbor just fucked his keyhole you feel like you almost feel as a viewer like you've been fucked just now it's yeah. I, I and it's not i can't describe to you oh people. and she sees him as the mutant baby head yes oh my god i forgot about that he looks at her she looks at him he looks at her we cut back to her looking at him and he has the baby head and it's like screaming Screaming. silently there's no sound it's like the whistling of a furnace but the baby head is the mouth is open and it's like shaking but all you hear is like that furnace whistle yeah Yeah. like oh my god dude it's so (laughs) fucked up and upsetting it's it's insane it's absolutely insane i i mean i'm pretty sure i've covered everything yeah, I, I've, I've gone got. through my notes i think that that's the, all I, the biggest note that i had on the making of the film is that the movie was cast i thought it was crazy the movie was cast entirely on word of mouth yeah he didn't audition anyone he saw like, like i got one, a guy that you need to have in this movie he's yeah, perfect like, he would just like run into people and they'd be he'd tell them about a racer head and they'd be like oh you know you should really uh check out blah and then yeah. blah was who he threw in the movie everyone he didn't he cast this entirely from recommendation and it played out perfectly oh my god um yeah man this uh this movie like it feels i know we've said a couple times like dog just scared the shit out of me (laughs) 
I'm just glad there's another living uh, thing right? in the house. Thank you. Yeah. Starting um, to feel like we're on our own planet because it's dark and there's just light over the table. Overhead light. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we got the I got the lamp on. If I turned that lamp off, we oh, never would have made it. Oh, hi. Jesus Christ. Oh, it's a, is it really bird this time? <laughs> it's really bird this time. <laughs> I, we're almost done. I know we've said this before. Like these. Oh, Jesus Christ. I knew she was there and that yeah, scared, scared me. Yeah, scared you. But, um. I know we've said before, like, this is the reason that I love doing this podcast, this movie. This is the first time that we've hit a movie like this, because mm-hmm. I think this is a movie all on its own, of its own kind. And I'm, God, I'm so glad we did it. And I'm yep, so, I'm hoping, because I've, I've seen Only Lovers Left Alive, and I've seen Night on Earth. I haven't seen either of those. But I've never seen Blue Velvet. So I know I'm really excited for these these movies that are coming up because all the movies I stacked in my month are art arty arty art house kind of like weird challenging outside the norm type cinema and I'm super excited to dig into them. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we didn't tell anyone what our theme this month is. It's oh, it's your birthday month. Yeah, it's uh, Max's flick picks is the. Is the title of this month. It's all it's because it's my birthday month. I picked all the movies for this month. Usually Carl picks two and I pick two. Next month is Carl's birthday month, so he picked all of the movies for next Jeez. month. So yeah, man. I've got nothing else but I but I have nothing else but the highest possible recommendation that everyone will Oh, if this you movie. have made it this far into this particular episode without having seen a razor head, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, for real. And honestly But thank you for being with us this whole yeah, time we really and be like, what the it. fuck are they talking I about? I feel like like in a weird way we didn't spoil it because I don't think you can spoil this movie. Because we can say all this shit all we the want. The giant sperm throwing it against the vagina exactly. cupboard. Like no one yeah. knows what well, that is. Well the lady in the radiator was singing him the song about how in heavy in heaven everything is fine and you've got your nice things and I've got mine. But like no matter how often or how many times we explained it. You, you know, if you see it, it's still gonna yes. it's still gonna wreck you, <laughs> but in the best possible way. And you'll be like, "Holy shit, that is what's happening!" Oh my god, they described it perfectly. perfectly yeah. But I had no idea what they were saying. All right, are we housekeeping? I'm good. Uh, housekeeping. Right. Jesus, Eraserhead, man. <sighs> um, okay, that was um, a journey, by the way. That our podcast like or that movie? This, both. I feel exhausted <laughs> right now. Seems utterly spent. <laughs> Um, I, and I gotta say, this is a strong ass contender now. I know we just did a shootout and I tried yeah. to keep this movie out of my head, but yeah, boy, howdy. Um, all right. So we are a, uh, measuring flicks is a listener supported podcast. And if you like what we do and think that we should keep on doing it and maybe like to get us like some money for security blankets for more movies like That'd this, be fantastic. I need a whoopee head on over to patreon.com slash max peterson you can get shout outs on the show you can get uh, access to a bunch of full length bonus episodes and bonus series that we're doing parallel to the main show you can get access to our season zero and all sorts of other cool stuff so head on over there and take a look speaking of patreon we have some patrons who uh who've been donating money and helping make all of this shit possible and keeping us uh keeping the lights on and keeping the recordings going um Let's do let's do it in reverse order because oh, we'll okay. start with that. So, uh, we so have? we would like to shout out to the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Connor Sweeney. 
Connor Sweeney won't be able to hear this though because I heard that his severed head was picked up by a boy on the street who brought it into a uh, basically a small shop that makes erasers to put on the backs of pencils. So they drilled a core sample out of his brain and then inserted that core sample into the machine and then his brain was used to cap pencils which were then obscenely sharpened in the most complicated pencil sharpener that you've ever seen. So he's probably not able to really comprehend that we're shouting him out. So should we still shout him out, Mr. Connor Sweeney? Okay, Paul. <laughs> Eraserhead people, I'm not fucking around. This movie is legit. Um, we are also, as ever, eternally grateful to John Scheibe, um, actor, poet, friend of mine, lives in NYC with his beautiful wife and tutu enthusiast, our other patron. She literally, look, she rocks a tutu like no one you've ever known. Casey Scheibe. The, I, we tried to do this the other day, but there's nothing that rhymes with tutu, so there's no like witty thing I can say. Poo-poo. Other, maybe not. She's the tutu with the doo-doo? doo-doo? I don't know, man. She but doo-doo the tutu she, like you-you. So I don't know. You-you? Yo-yo. Anyway, she fucking looks great in a tutu. She <laughs> rocks it. She's got the confidence and the sass and the swang in her hips to get that tutu rocking. But so, thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons and R.I.P. Connor Sweeney, whose brain is now made of is now erasers <laughs> on pencils. Um, if you want to send us anything or be, or send us an email where it's like, why did you guys do eraser head to me? Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this film and now my life is forever changed. <laughs> right. You can drop us a line at the new email that I've set up for the show, measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com. If you want us to cover a film, if you have suggestions or questions or want to just, you know, shoot us your Shoot the shit. Yeah. What did you think about our show or the movie? Or if you watched a movie and you're like, this was dog shit, why'd you like it so much? Or I thought this was great. Drive Angry's the best film of all time. <laughs> I don't want to hear all those. Yeah. yeah. For, so drop us a line, measuring flicks podcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow, follow, follow Carl, he's over on the Facebook at Carl Hartley, K A R L H A R. T-L-E-Y, or on Instagram, which he is going to start using very shortly, as CrazyCarl006. So CrazyCarl006, that's two Ks, crazy, and Carl. Mm -hmm. I'm over there uh, on the Instas as actual Max P, and I'm on Twitter occasionally as Max J Peterson. I got nothing else. We're out the door. Holy fucking shit. Dude, eraser head. I mean, I know, right? It's... mm. Anyway, I mean, you know, I've I've been like we've been doing a lot of these movies. We've been doing these movies for years, and people think that movies don't matter, but you know, they they really do. They 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 change your soul. Yep. They twist your head around. I mean, look at my knees. Look, look at my, my knees. knees!